Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Democracy First, our virtual town hall for diverse, civic-minded people who gather Monday through Friday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time to discuss current events, legislation, civics, politics, and their effect on our democracy, a two-century-old work in progress shaped by We the People. We gather here to continue that work, making good trouble. We welcome new voices and treasure the old in our conversational roundtable, centered on respect, where we strive for a safe, welcoming space that is informative and inspiring because it's fact-based and solution-oriented. We do honor a few rules of etiquette for our conversations here. We understand that we can agree to disagree without being disrespectful. We can attack arguments or ideas without attacking people. We raise our hands to speak and mute our mic when we're not. And this is for sound quality and also to allow speakers to do so without being interrupted. In other words, being respectful. A reminder, it is a daytime recorded space. So please remember this with the personal information that you share and the language that you use. Otherwise, we ask that you not be shy and come on up and join us in conversation and help us get the conversation started. I'm trying to bring my co-host up. And while I'm doing that, a reminder, if this is your first time here to request to speak and join in the conversation, use the microphone icon over to your left. And once you're brought up to speaker, your right to raise your hand and it's the hand to the far right looks like that and um, you will be called on in the order um, that um, the hands go up or as I need to adjust them otherwise um, please don't be shy come on up and I want to thank you for being here and ask that you please share and retweet the space and I'm going to pass it to my awesome co-host and let him greet us and tell us what's on his mind this morning. Well, I uh, got a little distracted there. Sorry, it's a minute late. Um, I'm reading this thread about the Trump org. Um, there's somebody uh, live threading it. Um, uh, Colin Casserell, Kalmbacher. Call him Kalmbacher. Um, and it is just fascinating. They've literally like, the the, the the entire argument is uh, she's being mean to us, Your Honor. <laughs> but, but understand that we're all paying for this, right? This is taxpayers' money that is costing the court's time for this guy to wander into the court and, and tie up our courts and, like, not just a, a little thing, right? This is a big deal. But this is how he does it. He, you know, he's been spending America's money for a long time. Yeah, he's very good at it. So uh, I see a uh, gambit came up. Mm -hmm. Gambit, did you want to say something? Kind of, yeah, because I actually have to leave early today. Um, President Biden is in Albuquerque, um, so he's going to cause all kinds of traffic fun. Um, <laughs> so, um, and also, um, so while Biden is here to support Michelle Lujan Grisham, uh, my current governor, uh, Trump decided to endorse the weatherman. Um, 
you know, so that that happened this week. Um, and just so I just pretty much just wanted to say that, put that out there. I voted yesterday. Um, hope everybody's having a great day. I got to get ready for work. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming in and giving us an update on the ground there in New Mexico. We're glad our awesome POTUS is down there helping um, the Democratic candidate you know, do what they need to do to get the message out to people. And I want to uh, thank you for taking time out of your day. And I hope that the rest of your day is awesome. Um, yeah, I thought we'd go to him. He usually is trying to scramble out about this time. So, Yeah, and I did put a few things in the uh, nest that are uh, on my mind this morning. Um, some of them yeah, are very close to... <laughs> Were you waiting for me? Can you hear? Can you hear me? Can you hear, Graham? I think Graham? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop him and bring him back Not up. really. I'm going to pop out. I'll pop back in. Okay. Okay. Well, um, when until he gets back, uh, the things that I have um, on my radar today... And on my heart is, of course, the awesome speech made by our president last night on the state of our democracy. And um, I have put a uh, link to it in the nest. That's the first thing. And then um, an article about uh, the disaster that's happening here and our elections here in Tennessee as a result of the gerrymandering, uh, the voter suppression that is being uh, taken on has um, really created a lot of problems and the election commissioner responsible for this is um, basically okay with just letting it ride and you know like we'll look at it after the midterms and the democrats here are going no 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 so they have called an emergency meeting which is scheduled to take place tomorrow so i am waiting and looking for that i have contacted my secretary of state's office and this election commission's office and um, as well as the representative's um, campaign that i am um, voting for the democrat here um, Heidi Campbell, and um, there are issues within that um, district voting as well. So like I said, there are going to be shenanigans here. This is our last day of early voting. We have only had a 16% um, turnout in active um, uh, registered voters. And um, even with that, the voter suppression and um, tampering uh, suppression um, is um, very active. So um, I wanted to let you guys know what was going on here in my state regarding that, because I know it is something that's happening all over the country. And Dawn was um, gracious enough to send me an article from Americans for Tax Fairness regarding an analysis that has um, found that uh, close to 500, it's 465 billionaires have pumped um, untold uh, amounts of money um, in the um, um, $881 million into the Republican campaign, and, and it's comparing it to um, being 
27 times more than what was contributed before Citizens United was decided. So again, it is so important that we expand our Congress and we start to address not only voter rights, but um, this Disclosure Act and the transparency behind um, dark money, because one of the candidates that's running here in the problematic precincts It's like I am seeing ads when I do have it on my local stations galore for him. I'm seeing more for this candidate than I am for the governor's race. And uh, he is not a wealthy man. He's not a millionaire. So it tells me that he is getting um, a lot of money funneled into his campaigns. And it's no coincidence that it happens to be one of the districts where the problem is, and this particular candidate was in when before the redistricting, it was largely a white rural area that was his. But with the redistricting, it forced him to, um, you know, because it was the intent was to dilute some of the Democratic base. So he had to campaign and engage with um constituents in the African-American community. And I don't think he fared so well. So again, not surprising that they want to just blow this, um, throw this under the rug and forget about it. But anyway, Graham has come back up. So I'm going to give him an opportunity to chime in. And I would love for uh, people to tell me what you thought about the president's speech. Um, and um, do you think it... Um, hit the right tone? Do you think he could have said more? Do you think the timing is just right? Um, How do you feel about it? So again, invite you up to join us in the conversation and share whatever else is on your mind today. Graham, go ahead. Um, It's five days. I just, uh, I was laughing because uh, I popped my mega tweet up in the nest and I went back uh, and did a search on my timeline and my, my first mega tweet was 175 days uh, from the election. So <laughs> that was 170 mega tweets ago. So it's been quite a, a an interesting uh, journey. And I'm excited, um, uh, like all seeing all the hard work. I've uh, maintained my my promise to like and, and uh, all of the candidates' uh, tweets. And also amplify some of them. And what's interesting to see is, you know, some cam- candidates wouldn't be using, you know, the best hashtag. So I started uh, quote tweeting them with with some pretty common ones, and now they have adopted those in their uh, hashtag uh, 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 practice or whatever. So kind of good to see that. And um, I'm just excited. Um, and yeah, D, the dark money thing—it's just incredible the amount of money that these people will waste, you know, to, uh, uh, to break the system. It's just, you know, we could, I could talk about it for days. It's just so counterproductive, uh, to, to work against, uh, you know, something that works, uh, good already. <laughs> so disappointing to see the dark money and that dark money is making it up here into Canada as well. So it's, it's sad to see, I didn't watch uh, uh, Biden's speech, but um, uh, I heard someone say it was "quote unquote" historic. So I am going to listen to that. I love I love listening to speeches and, and hearing people speak at certain times in, in history. So I'll definitely uh, get that. But 
just wanted to share my optimism and, and positivity, if, if that's uh, possible at this point. And I'm looking forward to election night. And um, I'm interested to uh, witness some victories. That's uh, what we've been working for. So I'll leave it there. Well, thank you so much. I have um, extended some invites to some folks, and I don't know, they're, they may be busy working or whatever. I saw Gregory. I didn't recognize him at first as Abby. Um, but um, I, um, again, like I said, want to make sure that you guys know that this conversation that we come here to have every day is not about Eugene and I, but um, it's really about you guys. And um, it's for us as a community and a collective uh, to come together and share. And I, too, do love a, a great um, speech. Um, and I was thinking about his speech and I started going back looking at um, some other historic speeches by presidents. And I came across um, one uh, from um, John F. Kennedy. And this was made... Um, in um, June, June 11th, 1963. And this was um, the Civil Rights Address. And I think about this, I mean, I, I was a kid. I was, you know, was about to start school. And, and this speech that he made, I mean, this has been, like I said, in my lifetime, people in my age and, and um, Khalil's and, and uh, Miss Donna's and uh, Phyllis's and others. Um, I think, Allie, I don't want to, you know, call all of you folks out, but you know who you are. We, we know what a time was like in this country when everyone did not have uh, equal rights, you know, certainly not the right to vote. And um, it's a shame that we're back here again where we are fighting um, for rights that were already fought for and, and won, legislation um, was um, put in place. And at that particular time, we had a Supreme Court, we had a judiciary who was um, looking to help make our democratic uh, American experiment more equitable and more fair. And um, this is how times have changed. And it reminded me again of something that the president said, and, you know, we have said it and, and understand, understand that truth here within this community that our democracy is, it's not static. It's not a given. We have to constantly strive and fight for it. And every generation has to fight anew um, for it. So I was, like I said, I was very, very pleased with his speech and thought that it hit all um, the right notes and um, had um, the right timing. And um, as I said, it just um, made me think like how far we have come and how um, some things have not changed. Like we're having to fight the same fights over again. And I know that for many, it gets exhausting, but we can't give up. We, we don't have the, that option. And um, I'm glad to be a part of a community of people who understand that, who are willing to um, continue to fight uh, to improve our democracy and our democratic um, processes. 
and and do so actively, not just in speech, but in deed. And I just want to give a shout out to all the people who are constantly working and we will be working up until, you know, the polls close on Election Day, getting people out to vote, certainly making sure that we exercise our right, but continuing to make sure that everyone else does, too. There are people uh, like Dawn and others, Karen, who have volunteered to transport people to the polls. We still have text banking and phone banking going on. So um, again, like I said, I am so grateful and thankful to this community and it gives me hope. And I do feel very hopeful regardless of what the media and uh, all of them are saying. Like we can talk about the fact too that none of the major news channels carried this speech. Um, that is sad and telling and yet, that this is yet, where we are. And yet, D. Jake Tapper's going to have a town hall with Mike Pence on CNN um, on the 16th. The media is not our friend and they are not doing their job um, as the fourth estate. And um, it is why I am so glad that we had someone in our community who wanted to drill down on that specific issue uh, that we are experiencing that is very problematic to our uh, democracy, and that's the fourth estate, how they're failing us. And um, Danny holds that space on Sunday with uh, Dawn, and uh, they will be hosting it this Sunday, and they have, um, you know, issued a kind of um, a collective um, challenge, if you will, to uh, just help us continue to elevate these stories that the media doesn't. And um, I think they're going to come up later and talk to us and, and share about it. So I'm looking forward to that. And again, like I said, I'm just grateful for this community here who I know is full of um, informed and actively engaged citizens. And with that being said, uh, we do have Davina who has come up. I uh, want to hear from her and then Sweet Pea. And again, uh, invite any of you who are listening to not be shy whenever you have a, a moment in your day. I do realize that this is in the middle of a lot of people's work day. So again, I am honored as is Eugene that you take time out of your work day just to come and listen with us. And certainly when you take an opportunity to you know, come and share actively in the conversation, we, we are grateful and honored and you're always welcome. So with that being said, um, Davina and then Sweet Pea. Hey Dee, hey Eugene, hey everyone. Thanks for being here today and for letting me speak. I'm heartened by the early voting trends and I'm heartened because I had the privilege yesterday of seeing Kamala, Vice President Kamala Harris speak and uh, Mayor, Mayor Wu of Boston and, um, oh, and Senator Ayanna Presley uh, and some amazing women uh, and and Vice President Harris spoke so clearly to the stakes for this election and and not just within the United States, but globally, uh, because despots and, and tyrants around the world uh, are, are emboldened if democracy falters in the United States, and then they are uh, they have less of an example that their citizens might look to for inspiration or courage uh, to a, to a working democracy. So the stakes are high, and. I phone banked a little myself the other day. I overcame my fear of of not participating. Oh, sorry, my fear of participating just um, because I can legally 
help with phone banking. I just can't donate money or buy any merchandise or pins or anything like that as someone who's a resident of the United States, but not, um, no voting, no voting rights for myself. And I can still do my broadcasts, which I do. Um, and I want to try and think of TikToks to do that will be funny. I was practicing with a wig on to popular music the other day, rewriting the lyrics to to popular music to try and uh, find arguments for young people to vote because I know there are a lot of young people who intend to vote on election day and I'm waiting for that and <laughs> knock on wood the, the, the Gen Z turnout that we're hoping for happens because Dems have got a good lead, like a... Um, is it close to 3 million more votes currently for Democratic candidates than for Republican candidates so far? But that's also because Donald Trump deterred Republicans from voting early. So they don't have the same weeks and weeks period they used to have for, for getting their votes in because he persuaded them, so many of them, that that was a pathway to to cheating uh, and to to contribute to instability of elections or in or a lack of integrity when the opposite is true. There's there's so many safeguards in place. And I know this because I can't, I, can't, I definitely can't vote. There would be so many um, obstacles for me if I, if I tried to commit voter fraud. Uh, I wouldn't risk the jail sentence. I wouldn't risk um, any of the obstacles of, of having to have a valid um, license that says I have the capacity to vote. Anyway, I just wanted to say, there's there's a lot of safeguards for election integrity, which I respect, uh, and it's it's um, interesting that Republicans used to be able to get out all their elderly voters over a period of weeks, and now they can't do that. So I'm still helping people spread the word about Republicans coming for Social Security and Medicaid because the media is not helping us get out that message. If it was Republic, if it was Democrats coming for such a key public good, if it was Democrats whose fringe actor had uh, committed assault on uh, a spouse of, a, of the Speaker of the House, uh, we would be front page news if it was a Democratic former president who had stolen government documents and then um, defied subpoenas, uh, made all kinds of mutually contradictory claims about having declassified, classified documents without a process or, you know, to be entitled to retain top secret documents even out of office, then that news would be dominating the headlines. Uh, so, yes, the media is not our friend, but I will celebrate and amplify any time they do do the right thing and any time they do put out a message that's fair and I will take that reporting and try to share it uh, with others. I'm trying to share this story from, because I think sometimes stories do a lot to cut through the entrenched propaganda. And there's one story from a woman in Texas who was 18 months pregnant, who went for a walk and, and began to miscarry, but doctors couldn't treat her until she was closer to death, uh, potentially impacting her ability to have a child in the future. And she and her husband both spoke on camera for Beto's campaign to say they shouldn't have been in that position. Uh, and the catchphrase I get from that is the doctors should have the ability to choose to treat you. It's not just women's choice that's being impacted. It's the ability of your doctor to choose how best to save your life, to choose how best to treat the medical conditions you present with and not somebody's fabricated idea of how to best um, center the needs of a zygote over the needs of a flesh and blood sentient 
girl or, or woman. Um, uh, we, we need doctors to be able to choose to treat us in the way they think best. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go back to, to doing my work, um, but thank you for letting me share my thoughts. If anybody wants me to send them that um, a clip to that, that Beto ad, which I think would have a lot of potency because Republicans have promised to introduce a 15-week federal abortion ban so we won't be safe in blue states if we're miscarrying at 18 weeks, just like that woman, if we have the ability to empathise with her situation and the situation of her husband, believing that he would lose his spouse because the doctors were having to wait till her life was having to gamble with her life because their their choice was constrained by Republican legislation in Texas. Uh, so anybody wants me to send them that video, I have the link at my fingertips and we'll pass it on. Or if you want me to put it into the Jumbotron D, I will. It's, it's anecdotal, it's not data, but it's the kind of anecdote that cuts through the BS about women just needing to be more responsible and not have sex. It cuts through the slut shaming that they are counting on when, as, to, to build support for the severe abortion legislation restrictions and instead centres the, the true story of a woman um, and and is you can extrapolate from that and say there will be more women, there will be thousands of women in that position who miscarry, who are at risk of sepsis, whose, whose bodies will turn on them if they cannot obtain the medical care they need, which is a termination of a, a non-viable pregnancy, even a much-wanted pregnancy. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> a land that's, a, that's thank you. <laughs> that's fine. Thank you. Uh, if you could DM it to me so I could take a look at it and I don't have to really decide hey, on I, the fly. Will do. Will do. Okay. I, I want to throw something in on, on top of this issue. I mean, so this is where Republicans are going, folks. So Republican congressional candidate Bo Hines, he's proposing a rate panels. He's proposing rate panels. He's calling a community review process to decide if rape and incest victims can be allowed to get an abortion. This is where they're at. This is where they want to go. Yeah, I heard that. And it's, it's sickening. And, and this is so handmade and tell like, and if people don't realize that this is what these people think and how they uh, would like to operate and control um, not only the powers of government, but the autonomy of women's body, they need to think again. These people have If you shown think us, you're going to drag my daughter in front of a panel and humiliate her for something that she had no control, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, that that's like adding, that's like insult to injury. Like, you harm somebody and then you come in and you harm them again. I mean, well, this is the thing that we have talked about. Um, and as more stories and things start to um, surface in real life stories, because this is affecting people's um, lives in real time, um, the backlash will be felt. Um, I feel like they're going to feel some of it now. But until it is reversed, they will continue to feel it because people will speak out um, women especially and those who want to help protect them but I want to go next to Sweet Pea and then I'm bringing Maze up and then I wanted to share another um, speech that I came across that I thought was pretty great um, and the timing kind of significant for us now so with that Sweet Pea and then Maze thank you guys for coming up so happy to have you here today what's on your mind <laughs> 
Well, thank you, uh, Dee, and good afternoon, everybody. Um, if you remember yesterday, I was talking about the process of voting here in Virginia. Just came across this story this morning, uh, Dee, I uh, sent that to you through a DM. It's from a publication I'm not familiar with, but it's uh, a, a local um, Virginia story that uh, here in Virginia, you can register to vote through the DMV. And it was discovered, I don't know how long ago, but they started reporting on it just a couple days ago. 107,000 people uh, have uh, their voter registrations were not sent to the uh, Elections Commission. 107,000 people who signed up to vote through the DMV uh, have not, they're, they're, they're being allowed to vote, but apparently the problem was discovered in October and uh, the initial reports were 149,000 people. Now they've uh, changed that to 107,000 people not able to uh, have their information transferred. So the counties that it's affecting from what's been reported so far, uh, these, uh, they have been able to vote uh, when they've gone in for early voting, but how many people don't realize that? Because, it, 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 you know, uh, along with the 31,000 earlier this month that were sent uh, their uh, notices of what offices that they could register at, that were given wrong addresses to to their polling place. So, you know, again, they're going to lie, cheat, and steal any way that they can to keep us from voting, which is the biggest red flag that we have. So that that's all I've got for now. I just wanted to share that. If there's anybody in Virginia, I'll reiterate again, if you have early voted, you can go to the website to make sure that your ballot has been counted. And I'll end with that for now. Thank you. Thank you, Sweet Pea, and I appreciate that. And that's, again, um, one of the great things about um, the community that we are in and this space is an opportunity for us to share this information uh, that is occurring across our nation. Because if you're not really paying attention, because the media is not going to be amplifying this and sharing it, one might think it's, it's a one-off, that it's only happening in your area or in certain areas. We need to call this behavior out everywhere it is happening because if one voter is disenfranchised anywhere um, there is cause to believe that there are many being disenfranchised um, 
everywhere. And um, it just shouldn't be so in a um, good, healthy, thriving democracy. Everyone should have the same ease of access to vote. And those votes should be counted. So thank you so much for bringing uh, that to our attention, Sweet Pea. And please um, do keep us abreast of that. And anyone else, of course, in the community who wants to kind of follow up on that story, uh, any news that you have on it, we welcome um, updates on it. And we're going to be looking at all of these things and, and um, pointing to the examples of how our democracy is being subverted in real time. As I said, it's like death by a thousand cuts. You know, they're doing some big things, but they're doing a lot of little things. And it's like the slow boiling frog. You know, some people who may not be as civically engaged and informed might not recognize how their democracy and their rights are being taken away little by little by little. But make no mistake about it, they are, and that is what their full intent and their agenda is. It is to repress, regress, and take away rights. There is nothing that they're offering in their platform to the average citizen of this country that would improve or expand the quality of their life. And if I'm wrong, someone pointed out to me, but I don't think I am. So um, up next, can, we've got can, Mays. Mm -hmm. Can I Go say ahead. one more? Can I mm -hmm. say one more thing? Sure. Voting should be uh, as easy as it is to get a gun. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. And what we need to do too, while we're talking to people about voting and encouraging those to vote, and maybe some of those that we know who are not regular voters, this may be, be their first time, or they may only be those occasional you know, presidential election voters or whatever, help them to understand all of the resources that are available to them to help them exercise that right. The fact that if they do encounter problems, there are phone numbers that they can call um, and that they have the right to cast a provisional ballot. And I feel like um, that lack of knowledge probably prevented my cousin from having an outright undeniable win. Because um, there is an example of one of the candidates here um, who is um, actually on the ballot for uh, the state Senate um, office here who went to cast her vote and was told by the poll worker that she was not registered to vote. Now, if she wasn't a familiar voter or informed or a candidate, she might have just taken that her word and walked away. But she said, no, check again. I am a candidate. And she was checking the address on one ID, maybe the driver's ID, not the voter registration ID. Doesn't matter when, um, it, you know, the attitude should be of all workers of helping you try to figure out how you can vote <laughs> and not just simply telling you, no, you can't go away. This is the wrong place. And that is what is happening too often. And it's on purpose another form of suppression. So thanks so much, Sweet Pea. I appreciate it. And uh, up next, we've got Mace. Good afternoon. Um, something that was said 
it just popped into my head about uh, 10 year olds being pregnant. <clears throat> They're comfortable with that. They're comfortable with a 10 year old being pregnant, having to go through that from hellish beginning to the end. So my thing is this, if you, if they're so willing to automatically make these 10-year-old girls parents, mothers, how come they're not automatically able to vote? You're telling me these 10-year-old parents don't have a say in the upbringing of their children? Why are they not voters automatically? If, if this becomes law, and it is in some states, why are these girls not able to vote now? That's what I'm thinking. And, and why don't they care about the child once they um, are out of the womb? Because you know as what? It... I, I, I agree with that, but I'm thinking right here, right now, immediate, because they're thinking right here, right now, immediate. They want to snatch power. You just gave us something. You're telling me these parents don't have a say. And they don't have a say because of gender. You can't say because of age. Because if you're okay with them being pregnant at 10 and delivering at 10, and you want the child to be viable and alive at, and the mother be 10 years old, or and you're ready to lock up 10-year-olds because they had a miscarriage, then how I hear you. Are, why, why are they not voter? They're voters. These are parents. You made them parents. They went through what they went through, and now they're pregnant, and you're telling them they can't get away from that. So then you can't, they shouldn't be able to get away from the fact that these are parents that in the United States, every parent has a right to dictate and have a say over the upbringing and the rearing of their child. These girls, oh, are, and this they is should the be able party. to do the same party who is fighting for parents' rights with their CRT nonsense. So I agree. It's a good argument. I sure. don't. Well, yeah, that, that, that was sticking out in my mind. And then also, um, here's the other thing. Um, not every 10-year-old, or unfortunately, not every woman who goes through a rape is a citizen. However... The concept that they say a child that's conceived on U.S. soil or territory is now a citizen. So that means um, all these women that go through it and you demand that they have the child, they're automatically citizens, aren't they? You can't deport them. You, what are you going to do? Kidnap the child, which they're not above doing. Uh, well, they already showed us that they're willing to do that. They snatched, you know, known families um, apart uh, yeah. to prove their points. Right. Yeah. I was just, it just came to mind and I was like, why is this not the argument? Oh, yeah. Life insurance. Can we now take out life insurance policies on these babies while they're in the womb? Since you say that's where life begins. And there can and there's there's no required um um physical to have that policy. So why are you requiring physicals for other policies? I don't. It's like hello, they're open. It's like if you sit back and stop being angry, if you can. I mean, you know, it hurts, and it's real, really like echoing that kind of pain that's echoing. Once you you gotta let that echoing go over for a minute and go wait a minute. What opportunities are they? Because you can't hit somebody without touching them. There's something in there for everything they're doing that 
if they're doing it, there's a way that they're going to pay for that in, in immediately. Immediately. They should be paying for, oh, you want 10-year-old little girls to have babies? Fine. They should be citizens. They should be citizens to the point that they are parents. That's what you're telling me. You're their parents? They should be voting now. Not in 16 years. Not in six months. No. Now. Agreed. I certainly agree. And it is a good argument. And I think it speaks to, again, just the the need for Democrats to lean into these crazy arguments. I mean, because um, and to lean in them into them in a way that um, kind of blows up the arguments that they bring. Right. Because, because I think, they're not going to want a 10 year old voting on this. They don't mm-hmm. want because it's not it's it's hey you don't hate to see it but they are 14 or 15 year old parents and they don't have the ability to vote and see once you once you make the argument that 10 year olds 10 year old females should be able to vote there's going to be some 14 year old fathers that go you know what i do what i got to do and i'm working two or three jobs that's still not enough and i still can't vote and she gets to vote because she went through hell I'm going through hell. It's going to call all, cause all of that to come into question. Because if you want to say parents' rights, you're making a 10-year-old kid be a parent. That, 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 that There you go. You can't even tax that 10-year-old child. But you know what? That 10-year-old child, <laughs> they, they'll be able to vote. They should be able to. You're forcing them to be parents. I was just going to offer that. that was, I was just thinking about that. I'm going to lay my plane with that. Well, thank you so much, and um, thank you for the passion that you brought to that, and I think it is definitely a very um, reason, well-reasoned stance for Dems to take, you know, considering that um, they're willing to uh, push the fact that 10-year-olds um, should be forced to do this. Um, you're absolutely right, and I think it was a great, um, you know, idea. Um, for you to bring forth to uh, the conversation. And I hope that um, more Democrats and, and us as, as citizens, when we're talking about these issues, lean into them in this manner, you know, because what they're doing is nonsense. And, and um, you have to, to, okay, if this is the road you want to go down, let's go. Let's go all the way. And uh, push it because generally what has happened with a lot of their stuff, uh, they, they keep, um, you know, they are now the, the dog that, that caught the car. And um, so let them see everything that's in the car, all that it, it holds, because a lot of this stuff is just ideology that they've pushed around and pushed around. And now it is actually becoming law. And there are a lot of unintended consequences um, that's coming with them. And they need to feel all of the worst ones. So thank you so much. I'm so happy you came up and spoke today and shared with us. So um, next, we've got Mark, who hasn't spoken yet, and then Graham. Um, And um, again, I want to extend the invite to anyone else who is listening in the gallery. Thank you for being here. And know that you are welcome to join in the conversation, either on a topic that we're currently discussing or a new one that you would like to bring. So, Mark, we're going to hear from you next and then Graham. Oh, <clears throat> me, Mark? Because I know there's another Mark. Yeah, yeah you, Mark <laughs> with the C. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> well, 
couple quick topics. Couple uh, quick topics. So we already know that. Um, right to the point. I'm not, I, it, it's there, there's a couple quick ones. We already know that the Trump administration was targeting Clarence Thomas to do his dirty work, um, and the nexus is the nexus, the connections. The connections are coming together between Jenny, Clarence, and the Trump organization. Now, um, I think that depending on what happens in these midterms, you might see an, impeach, uh, an impeachment of Clarence Thomas. You could very well see it because of his inability to disassociate himself from his wife and also to recuse himself from these these um, these issues that come up because of his wife's political ambitions. Because now we're seeing that the Trump campaign's attorneys were targeting him to help them overturn the elections. The, the question is not if or what they were doing is like why were they doing it and the empirical evidence that we have as to why is jenny thomas so it, it's not a coincidence that the trump organization eastman is sending emails about like hey you can't sign a false affidavit if you do you could be prosecuted right these emails that are coming coming out right now I'm not sure if you guys heard this stuff, but Eastman emails were released and like, you know, there's no protection coming. And the rest of the Supreme Court don't want to get involved in any of this. So there's no protection in the Supreme Court for Thomas or Jenny. They don't want to get involved in this stuff. Roberts doesn't. Kavanaugh doesn't. Maybe some, maybe, you know, maybe Neil or, or, or Samuel do, but just because that's their boy Clarence, but they don't. And so, you know, what's happening is, is that it's becoming apparent that Clarence Thomas was an integral part of the overthrow of a 2020 election, based in large part because of the activities of Jenny Thomas. But and, and that's, this is still ongoing stuff. So, like, in order to impeach a Supreme Court justice like Clarence Thomas, who's a, who's a, a, a conservative stalwart, it has to be like it has to be like 100%. You can't go after Clarence Thomas and not miss. I'm just I just want to put that out there for everybody. It's like saying, "Yeah, let's impeach him." It has to be 100. It can't, you know, but it's starting to get that way, right? Cuz we got we got Jenny her emails to Mark Meadows and then this uh, these other figures, these new names like this is one lady named Cleta. I still have not understood what her role is she's a trump attorney too and she's involved in his election denier denialism and also um the efforts to thwart the election and the reason why i'm talking about it right now is because it has a lot to do with what's about to happen because i'm gonna tell you right now the democrats are voting in record proportions right now early voting don't believe everything you hear People I talk to in all these battleground states, all these battleground positions have already voted. A lot 
lots of people have already voted. They're vote. They're voting, and they're going to vote this week before tomorrow, before even Tuesday happens. I think tomorrow's the last day to vote early. I think for most people, but the people are already voting. I already voted in Louisiana. I voted like a couple days ago. People are voting, and the you know the numbers look good for the Democrats. Now I'm not. I'm not prognosticating any result. I'm just saying this is like the best that the Democrats have looked early voting in any midterm I've ever seen. I've never seen a midterm where the Democrats were so motivated and and excited and and ready to vote. I mean, whatever's going to happen is going to happen just because the numbers and where we're at. But, you know, on, on the ground, the Democrats are voting. A big significant thing that happened, I'm changing directions completely. I just want to send that positive message out to people because I'm, I'm listening to the same thing y'all listening to, and it gets discouraging when you hear it. I turn the news off. But I heard I heard this, this person on, um, I forgot, she used to be a Republican, actually, pundit. She was saying that uh, this morning on MSNBC on Morning Joe, she was saying, hey, the Democrats actually, like, you know, you guys are, you guys are doing pretty good early voting. Um. I wouldn't be, I'm not looking at these polls because Republicans like to push the polls to discourage the vote. They don't want us to vote. I, I, again, I mean, I, I'm not meaning to like get off track again because I'm, I'm, I'm just a legal guy, but I'm just saying the messaging, the propaganda, the Nazi propaganda is we don't want y'all to vote. So we want to discourage you. And when you hear that, like things are not going or it, like when I see that Mark Kelly is like, you know, not doing as well as I thought he was doing in Arizona, even though I'm not even in, in Arizona. It it does discourage me. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like, right. What are the, what, what's going on? What's going on? When I hear like Fetterman, when I hear Warnock, when I hear all these things, it, it doesn't discourage me, you know, per se, but it like makes me feel bad. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Now I'm not going to not vote because of that, but I'm, but there are some people that would. Like, well, we're going to lose anyway, so why vote? The one update that I wanted to talk about, though, is, um, man, the craziness that happened last night. You saw Cash Patel on Fox News talking about disband the FBI and the DOJ. And then two hours later, uh, excuse my voice, by the way, I'm still recovering from the Raiders Saints game. Um, Two hours later, his attorneys worked out a use immunity deal with the DOJ to testify um, against Donald Trump. Now, um, if you remember, we talked about this. D and Eugene, I don't know. I don't even know how many weeks ago. It must have been like almost two months ago. We talked about Cash Patel because he, he's the first one that went on TV as a pundit, as a representative of Donald Trump that talked about him having declassified evidence. Mm-hmm. And also him being appointed as with a special mission to go and take more documents um, right. from the um, archives, the uh, archives and publish them. I mean, they literally had a plan to just publish all of this stuff. And they were particularly interested in Mueller's records. <laughs> right. And, and I, I will tell you this, Right now, to everybody listening, the DOJ doesn't offer immunity without knowing what you're going to set. So anybody that's saying, well, he can lie and get immunity, like he can't. 
they already know they already know everything that they want out of him to build the step towards indicting Trump. Right. So they're so you, they're building a case. So you have to when you build a case, you build steps. You don't just go like, oh, he's guilty. Right. I know he's guilty. I'm going to I'm going to charge. No, you have to build steps, especially with this kind of thing where you you're going to be the first Department of Justice to indict a president of the United States. Maybe the second. I'm not sure if it happened before. Um, I think it might have happened one time before. I'm, I am not sure. No, this might be the first time. Um, indict a, a former president of the United States. Yeah, you have to build these steps, and this is like one of this is a huge step. This does not. This is not incongruent or inconsistent with the fact that the Department of Justice added David Raskin. Who in that name? Look up that name, David Raskin. R A S K I. Not to be not to be mistaken with the other Raskin, although they might be cousins or something like that. I'm not sure. But he is a uh, national security prosecutor. So far on the team of the Department of Justice, they have like um, security people that now the, the thing about lawyers and Eugene can like, you know, opine on this, too, is that there's some lawyers that never have been to court before. There's some lawyers that like, you know, only do corporate matters. They don't even do court whatsoever. Um, some of the national security lawyers only do national security. They do policy. They don't know how to argue in court. Well, the Department of Justice at uh, last month added David Raskin. That just came out. And he is the prosecutor that does all this espionage, all the espionage cases. He's the number one prosecutor for the Department of Justice that was added to the team a couple weeks ago. Number one. Number two, not to be not to be incongruent, but to be to go along with consistency. Um, they offer Cash Patel immunity. Now, there's two types of immunity that you can offer witnesses. There's transactional immunity, which means you have immunity for anything, right? And use immunity. The difference between transactional and use immunity is that transactional immunity protects the witness, which would be cash, um, from prosecution for any offense of all in, that he was involved with. They didn't offer him that. The DOJ has not offered him that kind of immunity. The kind of immunity they've offered him was use immunity, meaning you're, we're not protecting you unless you give us something. Meaning it only protects you against the government's use of what you say. So you have to be a good boy. And so that makes a whole big difference with regard to the escalation on the case against Donald Trump. He will be indicted post November 8th. I expect it. And I expect more people. I expect Christina Bob. Well, she actually already gave testimony. Didn't you have to give her? Uh, not, she's not before the grand jury. Hey, hey, uh, Mark. Yeah, yes, I, have, I, I have no basis for this, none at all. But I, I'm, I've got my bingo card for the 18th. Why the you charges. say that? It's just it's the day I think that the charges are going to drop before Thanksgiving. You might, yep. you might be right. You might be right. I think it's going to be the 18th. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just like for some reason that popped in my head one day 
And I, I don't. I just know it's not going to be before the elections, right? Right. Well, it's not going to be on November 9th, so I, I think you might be yeah, right yeah. because it's going to be before the holiday. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's just like my guess. Wild, well, wild that, well, guess. That, that's that, that's your sage wisdom and and um and evaluation. I, I appreciate that, and I think I think you might be right. It's going to be the like maybe the Friday before the Thanksgiving week. That would be the the second week of November, or the full second week of November. Which would be a great time to drop, drop an indictment on Trump, um, but uh, but you're 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 right about that, and and so that that that's kind of that's all I wanted to say today. I mean, I just wanted to say those things that that that's the the uh, legal update. Everything else is kind of like going on. Uh, we're we're in this like little filing cycle. Um, oh, the one thing I wanted to talk about is Lindsey Graham does, although he does have to. Um, Somebody brought this up to me in a DM, um, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit with everybody else, bring it to everybody's attention. The Supreme Court said Lindsey Graham has to testify. The lower courts have said, like, hey, you got to testify about these things outside of that of that debate clause that the Senate has. But a lot of people have pointed out to um, the um, strategy that Lindsey, Lindsey Graham's attorneys are going to use. That they're going to appeal every question that is asked them and said and say that's a part of speech and debate the problem that that lindsey that's his recourse he can he can take every single question to the supreme court which is a delay tactic of course um the problem with that is that the judge that's that would be overseeing this can hold them in contempt and keep them in jail pending appeal so that would be the risk to him to do that but it's something that they're considering on the other side. So although Lindsey Graham has to testify in Fulton County, he can appeal every single question and say that's a part of speech and debate. Because even though the lower courts gave Fulton County a, a, a broad spectrum of areas they can cover that was actually sent down from the higher court, um, the and the Supreme Court said like that that lower court opinion was was good to go. The you know he his team still can appeal specific questions and say this is a part of speech and debate and de- delay his testimony as long as they want, um, but there's a risk to that that he could be held in, in immediate contempt and be held in custody pending appeal if he does go that route. Um, that's it. Um, I'm, again, beautiful people, thank you for the thank you for the vine, D Eugene. Glad to glad to get into it. I'll stick around a little bit. Um, got thirty minutes till I got a lecture, and then uh, you know we'll go from there, man. Let's let's go win this, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm so glad that you were able to come up and share uh, with us today, and um, really appreciate that. And I do uh, feel that he will be indicted. So I did put the article that I shared once before. In the jumbotron, just so you guys know how Merrick Garland rolls, um, and this is an article um, about him um, as a a, a judge, uh, and now as the Attorney General that was written in the Atlantic, um, and it's a very good article. I think it gives great insight into um, how he works, and so I do believe that there will be an indictment, and I think. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful that Mark comes in here to kind of give us the 
legal side and lay terms that we can understand and follow along. And I see that this this is happening. He, this is the crossing of the T's and the dotting of the I's. So thank you so, Mark, so much, Mark, for that. And um, up next, we've got Graham. And I want to send um, an invite to anyone else who's down there listening to come on up. Don't be shy. Join us in the conversation. And I did bring Kevin up. So hear from Graham and then Kevin. Well, thanks, Dee. And thanks, Mark. And uh, it's uh, I'm really excited to, uh, to see what happens as well. Um, as, a, as a designer, I've had to uh, look at a lot of legal uh, documents regarding intellectual property and espionage and what you can say, what you can't say. And sometimes, you know, that, that civilian <laughs> uh, law sometimes or commercial or consumer law, but sometimes it's military and those ones get pretty, uh, pretty intense. So it looks like, uh, you know, they're in huge, huge, huge trouble, which, um, yeah, they deserve to be in trouble, right? They've done ter- really terrible things. Um, I just popped a uh, D up in the nest. Uh, something I found kind of interesting is this group, uh, Center for Countering Digital Hate. And they're in, out of uh, Washington. And they, they uh, fight digital hate and misinformation. And they just uh, put out like a petition. Um, it's basically calling out Google, uh, you know, they're saying like Google spent almost 11 or uh, big oil spent about $11 million, um, you know, working with Google to uh, alter search results when they look for uh, terms like eco-friendly and net zero and stuff like that. So this is one of these things that, you know, countering disinformation and countering hate. Uh, here's a group that uh, looks like they're pretty active, but I thought that was an interesting a petition so you can speak up and uh you know ask uh, google for accountability as far as uh, what they call greenwashing so i put it up there for you thank you graham i appreciate that and any tools that we can have at our disposal to help us fight disinformation hate speech certainly um in our grassroots efforts just to um, improve the state of our democracy is always welcome and helpful. So thank you for that. We do have a new, a few new speakers who have come up to join us. I want to thank you for doing that. So we have Kevin and then um, Bernadette and um, we'll go with uh, Kevin and then Bernadette and um, again, uh, come on up, join us guys. Thank you for being here. Kevin, you have the floor. You can let Bernadette go because I'm stuck on the call right now. Okay, sure. Bernadette, how are you today, my dear? All right, D. I'm good. I'm good. I'm wonderful. I, I mean, regardless of what we're going through, our purpose is going through, I think we're going to do this. Even though I was kind of funny feeling, because, you know, the canvassing kind of gets you down sometimes, but then it'll lift you up. Um... I'm in this mode now, like I was telling my mother, I talk to her every day, and we get in deep conversations that, and I tell her about the people in these groups, these spaces that I've, I've come to just, I mean, actually love, because how you, you all make me feel, and just make me get out and do something outside of the box, and I appreciate you all for that. 
I've been real busy with the canvassing because, you know, I even get it in between. Like just before I have to take my uh, middle son to work, I'll do that during the weekday because it's crunch time. And and I get real aggravated at times because that one particular son, he will be like, well, mom, you're rushing me. I'm like, so what? It's not about you. It's about democracy. Democracy is going to be there later. I said, no, it won't. I have a, this is what I need to do. And if I don't do it, then I feel like I'm lost. And I'm, I'm tired of worrying. And I appreciate Mark for giving that, you know, the intel, whatever. I believe what Eugene says. I hope he's right because I'm figuring like, yeah, real soon it's just going to come down. And we're just going to be like, see? There you go. But looking at this state, as I've been canvassing, I've got a lot of mixed feelings and things, and I've had too many long conversations. I had to start cutting them down because I'm like, oh, wait, wait. I just spent 20 minutes with you, and I don't think I'm getting anywhere, and I get that F you attitude, and I have to walk away. And But believe it or not, I think I've done more good with some of the people because I get them out there. I even... Taking some people. I said, what day would you want? Because I'll get a roll. I've done three people at one time in my little car. And I think, I said, oh, thank you. You know, that's all I can say. People can be changed. And, and I do think it's a lot of us out there. I live in a red state. and But I'm in a blue area. But there's a lot of iffies going on in certain, you know, sectors that I've been around that's all we have to keep doing is doing the work. But I know it's, it's, it's even if, when we do, we may not win them all, but we're going to get, we're still going to build on our majority and we're just not going to give in. And I appreciate you all. There's so many names up in here. And, and, and thank you for being back, Khalil. I kind of missed you. Are you down there, Mr. Khalil? He is down there. Uh, yeah, he's probably... In, uh, invite i know sometimes he's busy working and he kind of comes in on the end of his work day or whatever but i'm so anxious to hear from him and i am so sorry that i had to kind of end early on tuesday and wednesday but yeah you know, we all have the in real life stuff that we do yeah with. <laughs> yeah yeah and i know i mean and i understood because i i do, I do a lot of juggling and things, but don't think just because I don't speak sometimes, I'm listening all the time and I, I get energized and I so hopeful behind everyone that speaks in here. I appreciate you all. And basically, that's what I want to say. I think this, we are good. We're just good. I believe in my heart, we are good. And well, we just you. can't let our guards down. That's all I wanted to say, and I love you all. Thank you. Thank you, Bernadette. We love you, too, and I appreciate that because I, too, feel very hopeful, and I'm able to kind of maintain that hopefulness by tuning some of the uh, media out because they're doing what um, they do, and um, they're... Um, their gamification I heard I think it was Matthew Dowd who who called it that and I thought it was a very good word um, of elections is just too much 
uh, and it is not helpful at this current time to our um, democracy and holding on to it. And um, they are being very complicit in its destruction. And it just reminds me again that um, there were other countries who were here before, um, when I say here, I mean at that um, historical place and the environments in their country, um, when people did not heed the calls and do what they needed to do um, to stop um, the fascistic takeover and authoritarianism from um, taking control. And we can see that that potential lies, um, you know, we're very close to the potential of that happening here. And we have the ability to stop it. And I come here, open this space every day, um, and it helps me to stay um, hopeful knowing that there are other people out here in this country who care about the state of our democracy as much as I do, who are willing to work um, in whatever way that they can to save it and who are willing to talk about it and help pe other people to understand the importance of their civic engagement. So I just want to thank you all. And, and Bernadette, thank you so much. I, I understand. I know that a lot of people, they listen. Uh, they're not able to talk. And, and as I said, I'm humbled just by your tuning in um, to the conversations that we're having. But I always love it when I um, hear... Um, you know, your voice in the conversation uh, to those who are mostly listeners. It's so important. And no matter what place, you know, you're in, whether you're actively speaking or listening, it's all important. And I appreciate it so much. So thank you so much. And I want to go to Kevin and see if he is um, able to speak now. If not, I'm going to give the opportunity to anyone else here who's on the stage and um, I'll give it to Mark, who's not going to be able to stay here with us long because I know he can always give us some um, insights that um, are needful and um, eye opening. Kevin, are you there? Are you ready? OK, no, Kevin is still busy. So, Mark, would you like to uh, here's another opportunity for you to expound on anything else that you would like to legally or otherwise that's on um, your mind regarding where we are right now in our country, any of these legal cases or um, just uh, how you're feeling as a, as a citizen, um, you have the floor. Is this me? That's you. Any questions, number one. Number, number two, um, we, we are in a, we're in a uh, pre-midterm funk right now where not there's not too much movement, but th there is movement that's happening. I don't want anybody to think that everybody's pausing. Uh, for instance, like, like I said, the um, Cash Patel, the senior advisor to to Donald Trump, is, is was, was granted use immunity. Um, I mean, he has to be a good boy to, to um, testify in front of the grand jury. And it doesn't. They don't do they, they've done this stuff before. I've seen some posts where they're like, um, he could lie. I'm like, no, they already know what they know what he's gonna say. They know what they want out of him. They just need him to to commit to that legally. They are under know oath. the answer. Yes. Uh, uh, under oath. And then once he answers under oath, you'll see a whole change in his whole demeanor on Fox News, if he's gonna be on Fox News at all. 
Um, and they also know if he's being contacted by Trump uh, people to not say anything. They they already they already planned for this stuff. They, these are veteran people that like you know obstruction of justice is actually more serious than any of the crimes. Well, it, it's similarly um, serious of of any of the crimes that Trump for right now could be um, uh, culpable for with regard to those those documents. Um, he's not getting out of that. Doesn't matter what happens in his midterms. He's not getting out of that as long as the president of the United States is president, um, and then we have a, we have a Democratic president. He's going to be indicted for that, that and he's going to be prosecuted for that. Um, the one significant thing about David Raskin is that um, he's actually prosecuting a case right now with an FBI agent that took some um, some um, conf- uh, some top secret documents home. Actually. It was, I think she took like a couple documents home. I forgot her name. Excuse me. I don't know that the name, but it's actually a case right now. And she's going to remember that case. Yes. She's going to do some significant time. She's going to do a couple years in jail. He's and I don't know why he's convicted. He's going to jail. Yeah. And he can't. And I mean, he can't run for president and pardon himself. So. This this stuff is serious, and I, I think that you're going to, you know, after these midterms, depending on what happens, right, depending on what happens, the chatter is going to die down. So, um, like, like the one thing I wanted to say is that we're, we're in a filing kind uh, of kind of dead zone where there's no, not, not too many filings that are happening at higher levels, like the Mar-a-Lago case, the week after, um, actually next week, Donald Trump's people have to respond to um the um the department of justice's opening brief with regard to to stay everything that loose cannon uh even ordered so that case is going to go away rather quickly and i think that i think that there's a reckoning in the supreme court right now even um even clarence thomas feels it if it doesn't involve stuff like that's like i told you all all before substantive due process he better stay the hell out of it um, as, as you can tell, he's like, you know, he's not getting in the way of Lindsey Graham testifying because he himself could, is in trouble and he is he and his wife, especially his wife, is skirting on obstruction of justice right now. So I don't there's not going to be too many there's not going to be too many uh, things that the Supreme Court does to give Donald Trump anything. A lot depends on our midterms, man. I, you know, I've never honestly I'm optimistic. I'm going to tell you this right now from a legal standpoint, I'm optimistic because I think the judiciary has like behaved as we want them to. Now they're not going to make decisions that I agree with like substantively with regard to civil rights, diversity and, and these kind of things. But when it comes to procedural law and preserving the democracy, the laws of our democracy as the framers intended and it being a, a living constitution, the, the judiciary has been been great. And most of these people, they, they've been, you, you've noticed that a lot of these cases have gone before Trump appointed judges and the Trump appointed judges are ruling against the Trump position, the Trumpist position. That's not an accident. Um, now, I, I, you know, I wish we were, I wish I was on last year because I, I actually warned a lot of people that just because Trump appoints a judge doesn't mean they're going to go along with Trump. He's appointing a lot of rule of law people. A lot of these, a lot of these conservative judges, 
they might be Federalist Society, but they're not Federalist Society activists, meaning they're going to go rule of law. Now, when it comes to, you know, things we care about, like, you know, right to privacy, abortion and th- things of that nature, you, you'd expect them to, to, to vote and rule on the conservative side. But when it comes to rule of law and procedural due process and the way things are supposed to be done, um, a lot of these judges, like Judge Deary up in New York, he's a conservative judge, too. I um, um, Judge Ken is not invited to her to his uh, cocktail party. He doesn't want to have anything to do with her. He thinks it's disgusting what she's done with the law. Um, and, and through his filings, you can actually tell the tenor of like, you know, what he what he's like looking at. And everybody's friends with Judge Deary. Nobody's friends with Judge Ken and the old school, people, the OGs, right? The conservative OGs. They're like, man, this this what what this what does she do? Right. Um, so. Um, yeah, that, that ex- explain that maybe a little clearer to people. Judges are are a class unto themselves, and they all know each other. Right? Yeah, they're, like, they yeah. all know each other. They're really good friends. They're like they they're really tight. They go they hang out with each other. They know each other's children. They know each other's uh, the birthdays of of wives, grandchildren. They know who's in school. Oftentimes, um, judges' grandchildren clerk with other judges. They're really a really a tight knit community, even if they oppose each other. Like you, I I will bet you that Katanji Brown um, Jackson is probably going to be really good friends with everybody on the Supreme Court, uh, even though she disagrees with six of the people on the Supreme Court. They have a good the, judges have a good report. It's like their own little world, right? And so when you mess with a judge like when when a, a new judge like Cannon who was like kind of you know everybody knows how you were appointed right it's kind of like how you were appointed you were like a last minute appointee um, and then you mess with a Deary who's like a canon of judi- of the judiciary especially in, in New York who's been around for a long time and has has you know has a lot of experience with a lot of a lot of cases cut both ways right. You go before Judge Deary on a case, you're going to get a fair shake. Even though he's a conservative, you know, you know, a, a conservative judge, a moderate conservative judge, you're going to get a fair shake. Uh, and he's a fair shake guy. And even the conservatives know that. Uh, even I mean, I mean, people people on the right, like Gorsuch and Alito, would go like, you know, we love Deary, right? Deary's our guy. We go to his cocktail party in New York all the time, right? And so um, for for Cannon, loose Cannon, to like cut dairy like that it hits hard man and like it, it ruins your career as a as a jurist um you, you're not going to get a lot of you, you know your career is done you're going to be there in where you know podunk florida for the rest of your career until you don't want to be a federal judge anymore because you don't you're not doing anything and you're not going to get these cases They're, i mean you're not going to get significant cases if you if you make rulings like this because in fealty to a trump because that's not what judges do that's not what conservative judges do either. They don't they don't play fealty to like any one person. Um, they, you want to be rule of law. Now, this uh, again, I'm separating rule of law from um, substantive law, substantive due process, like things like right to privacy, Griswold v. Connecticut. And those things where a lot of conservative judges draw the line, they're like pro-life. So, I'm, you know, I'm not talking about those kind of cases. But when you have cases where the law is clear and it's procedural and you have a judge that doesn't follow procedure because they want to, you know, appease some dude that's like wants to be a dictator. A lot of these conservative judges are like, nah, 
That's why you saw a lot of Trump appointed attorneys just dismiss these cases, these election cases outright. They're like, this is not right. I, you didn't appoint me for this homeboy. Um, and, and that really happens in, in law. Um, so, uh, again, I have a positive attitude about what's about to happen next Tuesday. It is going to happen the way it happens, but don't have any anxiety about it. Um, any any of these court cases that any any kind of challenge to anything, it's gonna. I'm I'm confident that judiciary is gonna make uh, good rulings that are gonna benefit the 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 rulings. As a matter of fact, when it comes to the judiciary, the rulings that they make on voting rights cases assume they they have to presume it's in the best interest of the voter to overturn a vote to to make a vote not count. They have to they have to go by. We want the vote to count. They have to presume that we want the vote to count because that's what the that's what the framers wanted. That's what the whole Electoral Act was for, is that we want everybody's vote to count. So um, I'm not worried uh, from a legal standpoint. Mark Elias is doing the Lord's work, I think, um, with regard to how they're challenging and making sure that everybody that has access to vote can vote. And that's all we want. That's all we want. And and I don't you know, I actually I, I've almost turned off the news because I don't want to listen to polls anymore. I don't want I listen. I listen to people on here and on, on some of these other um, um, other spaces, but mainly on here to talk about how many of their friends and family are voting. And I see the pictures of everybody that's on here, how you're voting with your, your siblings. It's not just one person voting like I voted. I'm voting with my child. I'm voting with my friend. And we're having these voting parties. I've never seen that before for a midterm especially, but I, I've never seen it actually with like regard to, you know, 2008, 2012, 2016, uh, so many people engaged and, 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 um, and, uh, participating in the democratic process, the Madisonian dip, dismat, uh, dick, uh, um, democratic process. So we have a lot to be proud of. I think that the work that this, uh, this space D and Eugene, the work that you guys done here, um, is, is, is exemplary. Um, and I, I'm, I'm at, even though I'm a late bloomer, I'm a Q4 bloomer. I call it Q4 because Q1 was when you started. I'm a Q4 bloomer, but I love being a part of it, man. I'm glad, I'm glad we found each other. And, and you know, I, I'm even after this, I'm, I'm going to continue to be a participant and, and try to break down these cases as best I can. So that like, you know, like, like I lecture to my students, like everybody can understand, but also, we get the main points of what's going on and where we're headed. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, and we're glad that you found us. Um, like I said, um, together, this um, collective is um, just amazing with the amount of, of talent and expertise and the um, workers and, and the dedication that comes through this collective, I'm blown away every day and thankful, you know, and um, you're just another example of that. So thank you for coming and so graciously sharing um, with us. We're, we're honored when you take time out of your busy day to do that. And we don't take it lightly, I assure you. And that's with any of you that come. I do not take it for granted that, um, you know, you're going to show up, but I am 
certainly um, overjoyed and, and humbled every day when you do uh, show up and participate in our conversation. So again, thank you so much. And it looks like Kevin has gotten to a place where he is able to speak. So thank you for filling in there for us, Mark. I appreciate that. Always great information. I'm going to go to Kevin next. And I have extended some invites to a few other people. And um, I hope that you're going to be able to come up and join us before we close out. We are getting to kind of the top of the hour. And if I don't have any more conversation, um, I will close this out. And I do thank you guys for being here and participating and making today again, another wonderful conversation. So uh, Kevin, you have the floor. Well, thank you, Brother Mark, for filling in for me there. I appreciate it. You're Legal acumen is wonderful to listen to on a daily basis. Um, yeah, just uh, it's been kind of hard to get. <laughs> People have a lot to ask for me each day. Um, with my job, no, I just today it's like been really crazy. I mean, it's like I'm reading like some of these Twitter posts out there, and you know the stuff that that comes across that people are bubbling up as to the craziness of the extremists and. It's just it, it it the fringe gets fringier and fringier and fringier. It's you know it's worse than a torn pair of jeans. Um, you know I think the one that really threw me over the edge today was uh, Terry Lake Terry Lake out in Arizona suggesting that they roll back high school and graduation requirements for science, math, and history, saying that we have too many hours of these items. Should we, you know can we change it up? Well, what does she want to do? Roll them all the way back? I mean, what's the idea now? We have classes and debate the uh, the 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 writings of Mein Kampf and Communist Manifesto and catch it's, it's just them uh, stating just their crazy. desire, their desire truly to. It sounds crazy, but it has a very distinct, real purpose, and that is to destroy our education system in much the same way as they are now working to destroy our election system. Yeah. First you complain and you talk about how awful it is. And then you um, stick some, some people in and some things to make it awful, um, you know, yeah. and, and just cause chaos, but go ahead um, and continue. Yeah. I'm and, not surprised. I mean, it's like what I posted today to that. I, I, I basically called it the dumbification of young Americans. Cause that's really what they want to do. They want to dumb down our young Americans to make them more subjective to the, the, the conspiracy crap that goes out there, figuring that a weak mind is a is a open mind for them, you know. That, well, they've pretty much I, proven that to be true. I mean, the, the former yeah. guy did say he did like the uneducated, and uh, now we know why, because, you know, it's it's yeah. easier to to control um, the the uneducated and the uninformed, yeah. and, and that's what you know, leads to that kind of cult mentality and behavior. Yeah. If you have people who are able to think critically, they may question some of the nutso things that you put out there. But, you know, yeah, you it's, know it's, they it's just the, take it hook, line and sinker. Yeah, it's it's the madness of manipulation. You know, it, it's, it, it's the desire to have a million people uh, affected by the Stockholm Syndrome, you know, 
you know, how else do you, how else do you, do you spell this out? You know, they're looking for the weakest of weak people to be, you know, willing idiots to their lunacy and, and make our country even more dangerous, dangerous than it already is from that small percentage of the lunatic asylum that has been, you know, let, let loose on our streets of America because of Donald Trump opening up the gates and letting them all come out and, you know, spew their crap, you know, so that's where I'm hopeful that what we are seeing and hearing in (laughs) unverifiable polls saying, oh yeah, there's going to be a red wave. Oh yeah, there's going to be a blue wave. I hope that people just ignore that and do what they have to do and get out and vote. I mean, because, you know, as much as we hear that, oh, it's going to be bad, you know, I have strong hope that this will be a defining moment for us in this election to show that as much as they think that they have tried to define that they have found those people that will kowtow to their ridiculousness that, there's a, a more of us that will shoot that down and sort of uh, wake them up to the reality that we're not going anywhere, but they will be going somewhere. And it's not a favorable place for them because, you know, the prosecutions are out there and it's just, we need to see more of it happen so that it sort of, you know, draws them back and hopefully, you know, gets them to realize that you can't continue down this spiral into insanity. You know, you you, you can't continue to be lemmings jumping off the, the, the side of a cliff just because everybody else is telling you to do it. And you want to be a follower and, and, and not a free thinking person to understand that what you're being told is just a bunch of crap. Absolutely. And I do have someone new who has come up um, to speak. And and it's true. And we just have to remember, like I said, for me, the decade that I spent in Germany was um, it's just implanted in my psyche of um, what's possible, you know, here and and how it can happen and um, how once that takes hold, how difficult it will be to to change and reverse it. The time for us, you know, to fight this nonsense and to fight for our democracy is now. And one of the best ways that we have to fight is with our vote. And they are certainly working hard to suppress it and to stop it. But at this point, we still have that right. We need to do everything possible to exercise it and to prevent um, other people's voices who truly do have the right to vote from being silenced and suppressed. So again, my hat's off to all of the people here in this space um, who recognize that and who fight and who are as committed as I am, who understand the danger and who are committed uh, to preventing it. I want to go to Nevin next, who has come up, and then Graham. Hi, everyone. I hope everybody is doing okay today. Um, I'm sorry. My speech is not quite back where it should be yet. But I just wanted to circle 
back to what you were saying, D, about our our education system and how they go about breaking down our systems and then pointing at them to say they're broken and for our education system that has been in process for 50 years um you know when they implemented policies of no child left behind and um, that led to common core curriculums across the country, it really um, cut down on the quality of our children's education going forward. And we're seeing the fruits of that with them pointing to public schools now and saying the public schools aren't doing their job and now parents should should have an alternative. So I, I definitely think that that's one of those things we're going to have to address um, pretty hardcore after these elections are over because that is the the heart of the next generation um, being able to recognize uh, a deviation toward autocracy um, with the type of knowledge and critical thinking skills that have been subtracted from our curriculum. Um, they, the dumb are always, well, I don't want, want to say dumb, but the, the ignorant are always easier to manipulate and to lie to than the educated. And they have done a very good job in their systematic destruction of our public education system. And I think that has to be one of our top priorities moving forward not just at the federal level, but at the state level as well, so that we can arm the next generation with the tools they need to do the work that we're doing now. Thank you so very much. Um, and you're absolutely right. And that is uh, one of my um, <clears throat> pet peeves and, and areas that I do stay focused on because I see that connection and how uh, their um, desire to control it to essentially 
destroy it is just another way of them um, achieving power and control, uh, starting with the minds of our babies. And um, this is how you lock in generations um, when you reach them at that level. And I remember at one point when I was very actively um, involved at the local level in politics, and this was in the um, the late 90s, the early 2000s, the Republicans did have a very, very distinct um, push and, and effort on college campuses to attract the youth. And now I cannot find the story, um, but I'm sure there's going to be more because what has uh, what is happening now is that they're changing that focus and they're targeting even younger kids. And this, again, brings me back to my, my remembrance and understanding of what things were done in the German society, how the uh, organization, the Boy Scouts, was literally forbidden. And he created a youth camp that became... Um, you know, like some of them became his brown shirts and some of them became cannon fodder for his war. So, um, you know, and, and, and they willingly went because they had had, you know, a few years of brainwashing that started very innocently, like I said, as a replacement for the Boy Scouts, which is about, you know, survival and dealing with nature and, and life skills, um, and this is how it can happen. And we know, I know here that uh, they have specifically uh, said they want schools that have a more religious type of teaching and they want their curriculum to literally be that of the 1776 um, project. And this came about as the backlash to the 1619 project um, during Trump's administration. This is also the same rhetoric and, and banner that they, uh, many of them who stormed the Capitol were using. Um, they want to make the core of their curriculum American patriotism, yet they do not want to teach all of American history. Problematic, <laughs> uh, to say the least. But thank you so much and, and definitely uh, we know that there are many battles on which um, we are going to have to continue to fight um, after this midterm. And we know that that um, area of education is a critical one because they have definitely uh, pointed their, they have made it a target. Some of them have literally said, um, I know that, um, what's his name in Texas, um, has literally said that he wants to destroy, you know, their public education system. He wants to do away with it. And um, so has my governor here. So they, again, like many of the other um, things that they plan to do and have done, they speak openly about it and they tell us and we need to believe them when they say it um, and do do the work that's required now to stop them. And I believe that we can, and we start by winning this midterm. And I think that we're going to. So I have brought two lovely ladies up. Um, Graham, I know you've had your hand up, but <clears throat> I know um, Dawn is probably working and Danny, uh, I'm not sure what her time is like, but I do want to give them an opportunity um, to uh, share here. And um, I'm going to go with uh, Danny first and then Dawn. 
Thank you so much for letting me jump the line, uh, Graham. Thank you for having the space, Miss D and Eugene. I'm going to be really quick, <laughs> um, but I do want to thank you uh, for the opportunity to speak in your space once again. Um, so this is in regards, and I love what you were just talking about, um, especially with Nevin and education as well. Um, I, uh, this is in regards to the space that we're going to be having on this coming Sunday. And I tried to explain it yesterday, and I'm not sure if I did a really good job of it or not. I, I think you did a good job, Danny. Um, okay. I think you're always more, uh, you're harder and more critical of yourself. But I think that you did a good job. And because it is not until Sunday, I want to keep reminding, <clears throat> I want to keep giving you an opportunity to remind people, because I think this is important for our community. And last night is a prime example of why it is so important that we become our own grassroots media. We cannot um, rely on, you know, the fourth estate as it exists now, you know, in its, you know, for, um, you know um, formal state to do the job that we need. So that is why I'm so glad that you and Dawn host that space. So please um, tell us what it is that you want to do for Sunday and how we can help you um, amplify uh, the, the space, the purpose of that space and, and the conversation um, around it, um, which again, all of these things lead back to us and our democracy, saving our democracy. And I just want to thank you and Don for, again, continuing to have this very important feature that you're having on Sundays. So go ahead. Oh, my gosh. Your words are so beautiful. Thank you so much, Miss D. Okay. So um, as everyone knows, um, we've been holding the fourth estate series on Sundays at 2 p.m. And part of the reason why I decided to um, hold the space is because I was incredibly disappointed with uh, journalists, news outlets, news media, and how they were reporting the news and what they were reporting on. I know that there are stories that need to be told, uh, uh, policies, information that needs to be properly reported on that wasn't. We were hearing about Biden's uh Hunter Biden's laptop, you know, uh, VP Harris buying an expensive pot in France. And so um, I started this space. And um, as the months have gone by, I can't believe it's been months, <laughs> we've been able to cover a lot of ground. And in many ways, we've been able to be our own journalists, focusing on the issues that are important to us, looking at some of the races, um, some of the governors that's going to be on the ballot, how the news media have decided they want to portray or report our political leaders um, and how that reflects on the general public's opinion on certain individuals. And so for this particular Sunday, Dawn had this really great idea, and I'm glad that she's up here, um, that we would uh, allow the collective, everyone that comes to the space on Sunday, um, this will be the opportunity for you to highlight any stories, um, that are important to you, any uh, policies that are important to you that is going to be on the ballot next week, Tuesday. Um, I feel like we are not getting um, adequate reporting when it comes to education, when it comes to election integrity, when it comes to women uh, reproductive rights. So this is going to be an opportunity where you can create a thread and 
briefly explain why this matter is important to you. Up in the Jumbotron in a minute, I'm going to post Dr. Mary Marshall, one of uh, someone in our collective. And she posted um, earlier this week about voting rights and it how why it was important to her and how it related to her own family history. It's a great thread. It's not that long, but this space was in part inspired by what she did as well. So I'll post it up in the Jumbotron so everyone can get an example. Um, if you want to post articles, it's up to you. It's pretty broad what you can do. Um, if you want to do a compare and contrast of journalists that got it right, and you want to amplify them um, and contrast it to maybe a news article or a journalist that you were disappointed in how they reported the news, meaning that you were left with more questions and answers. You don't really feel like you have been informed. Um, you can do that as well. Now, uh, two major things that I do ask is that uh, you can tag myself and Don, but most importantly, you want to tag it, hashtag the fourth estate, and then hashtag it the collective. Um, I think it's already up here. If not, I'll put it up right before I leave. I'm gonna drop it back there. See, Dawn already did it for me. <laughs> Dr. Mary Marshall's thread. It's a really beautiful thread about her uncle and why voting rights is important to her. Um, and as we know, voting rights is going to be on the ballot next week. Um, I also made a little quick graph <laughs> on Canva. I'm so proud of myself because I was uh, intimidated by Canva. And um, I just kind of put briefly what some of the um, issues that's also going to be on the ballot. So if you want to pull from that, um, you can. Um, but that's all I ask is that you uh, create a thread and you tag it with the fourth estate, hashtag uh, the collective, and briefly explain why uh, that particular policy or that initiative is important. It could be marijuana rights. It could be student loan debt relief, um, voting rights, uh, women's reproductive, climate change, protecting your social security. All of these things are going to matter in the near future, not just on next week, Tuesday, but going forward. And so, um, and if you can, what we want to do is get it trending because in many ways we've had to be our own journalists. We've had to report on the news ourselves. Um, I hope to see everyone uh, this coming Sunday. It'll be 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, if anyone ever wanted to just go back and listen to any of the other previous spaces, they are all recorded. Um, you could just find um, my pinned tweet that starts with the very first one that started back in July. Here we are in November. I can't believe it. And so uh, I just want to thank uh, thank you again, Misty, for allowing me to speak in your space. And I believe if Don has anything else she wants to add to it, in case I forgot anything, she's more than welcome to. Thank you, Misty. Well, thank you. And thank you and Don again for hosting what I believe is a very, very um, important um, space and giving us another opportunity to have conversations around something so critical. So um, I appreciate you and Dawn. And um, Dawn, would you like to expound on that? Um, no, I, well, I'll just be quick, but thank you for having the space, Dee, Eugene, um, you all here. Um, just real quick as well, just like she did at the top, uh, Dr. Marshall, 
And I don't know if you look at it, it didn't get any, a lot of rotations. Uh, we to, Typically, a lot of people we in our collective here, we sometimes don't get, in, get it in the algorithm. Uh, we don't get to see it. We may have missed it. But this Sunday will be an exercise. So when you do hashtag that, we're going to put it in the Jumbotron. And if you're unable to make it on Sunday um, at 2 Eastern, um, we will put it, send it to us in the DM and we'll be make, we'll make sure that we post in the Jumbotron and make sure that we rotate it, um, as a, as a collective. And if you do want to come in, just come in and talk about why it's important to you. Um, this way, this is just our last push, uh, before the, um, midterms, you know, on, uh, before November 8th, before Tuesday, it's just the last push to get the valid initiatives out there. We are, like she said, like Danny said, just to allude to what she said, that, you know, we are hearing stuff about Killer Mike and Kanye and Elon, and we're sick of it. But we don't see each other's work. So just, if you can, just do a thread out of any one of those issues out there, and let's just pump it out as one, and we'll make sure that your voice is heard. And so that's it. Well, thank you. And uh, I think um, it's um, a great idea, and I can't wait to... um, put my thread together I have to go through because I think most of the people who have come to this space for a while know um, the issue of education is very near and dear to me and their desire I mean of course voting rights is kind of how this space kind of got started it's certainly important but I see the issue of education and what they're trying to do as the next um, critical (laughs) battleground Um, So um, I'm looking forward to participating. And I think, like I said, it's a great way and idea, as you said, for us to, again, uh, since the media is failing, for us to amplify the issues that concern us and that literally are on the ballot along with our democracy. So I'm looking forward to it. And I want to, again, uh, thank you guys for coming up for having the space and uh, looking forward to it and want to just uh, encourage everyone to participate uh, so that we can amplify our message, our collective message. Um, And um, with that, I'm going to go to Graham and extend another open invite to anyone who is in the gallery listening to come on up and join us in conversation. I do have a time to stick around today. So I am so hoping that Brother Khalil will be able to come up and talk to us (laughs) before we uh, close out today. And and there are a few other folks. um, I know, again, like... You guys are very busy working, so I do understand when you can't, but I'm so grateful and thankful when you're able to. So, Graham, you want to go ahead? Yeah, thank you. Um, I I put a tweet up in the nest from um, uh, Coach Cam, and um, I'm asking everybody in here if you have uh, a second to either like or, or retweet or interact with that Um tweet and it actually features uh, artwork by someone here uh, in the collective I won't mention who um, but um, I just thought it was so cool that you know this space um, you know is uh, working with candidates to create this and you know just sharing ideas and doing the work together um, so again as a collective if we could just amplify this one tweet you know we got five days left um, and show your support for uh, Coach Cam. So it's up there. It's easy to do. Um, and I also just, 
I really appreciate uh, Danny's um, fourth estate. Um, a few times I've been busy on Sundays doing work or uh, I can't always listen to it, but I've listened to the recordings and I think it's very important. And I love your little uh, graphic. And uh, two of the things that uh, we did in Canada uh, was change the wording uh, from gun control uh, to gun safety. And the other thing I see you say, uh, marijuana uh, legalization, uh, we used cannabis and those, um, there was some research done as far as the words and, and um, you know, if you change the phrase a little bit, sometimes it changes the receptivity of what the message is being shared. But I found that gun safety uh, is a good, is, <laughs> I love using gun safety because then it's like, you don't like safety. You know, it, it puts them, it takes away, it sort of disarms that we're trying to control your guns to uh, we're trying to enhance gun safety. So I found that, um, you know, really helpful in Canada. And as I said, I'll, I'll say it again. <laughs> we recently banned uh, the sale of handguns, the trade of handguns, the importation of handguns into Canada. That was a big moment. And of course we also banned uh, assault weapons. So, and um, so just a little uh, idea, uh, you know, think about it. It's, it, sometimes it can, uh, get people off off their regular uh, stance and I know that you know I worked in America um, and I thought you know I saw a bumper sticker that said you know gun control means using both hands uh, <laughs> I was like oh no that can't be good um, so change the if you change the language sometimes you can get you know get change the tone of the conversation but I'm looking forward to this uh, fourth estate and I'll, I'll uh, look around, see if I can uh, find something uh, to add and contribute to the Sunday. So thank you. Well, thank you. And I appreciate it. Uh, and yes, Danny, I saw it. Great job. And I love Canva and it is so easy. And um, once you get the hang of it, so I'm uh, good on you for tackling it and doing it. And you did a great job for your first time. Um, pretty good. Keep it up. It is a great little tool. Uh, I'm telling you. Yeah, like, there's Terry. I need him to see my little work. <laughs> exactly. We're going to make sure Terry sees this because, uh, yeah, he is uh, the infographic king. And I'm sure that he would approve of this, you know, especially as a beginner. I say it's good. You did good. <laughs> so just um, keep going. You just get better with the use of it. Um, and, and I love it. And get better every time I use it too. We don't have any for Dawn to give us what her um graphic my graphic was excuse me, see, I'm sorry, Danny's she's not well today. Um a little under Is the she weather. trying to call you out? <laughs> yeah, um she's not well. Um and so what happened was my graphic was a little racy. Uh, okay, uh, so, so, so what happened was yeah. So, but I think she did great, you guys. Uh, congratulate her for doing uh, this graphic. And let's get her amplified. And also, too, I was going to say one more thing to that. Uh, if you had one that was earlier this year, any time after February, the election season, that we didn't see amplified enough, that uh, I was thinking, looking back on one that Carrie did about white evangelical um, Christian nationalism, uh, the family, she prompted me to watch this documentary that I hadn't oh, seen before. Oh uh, Carrie, that was such a good one that she did. I mean, if you have something that you've done before, also bring that too, and we can recirculate it. 
So just wanted to put that out there. But yeah, Danny, <laughs> we're not going to call me out right now. <clears throat> thank you. Um, yes, um, <laughs> Carrie, thank you, because that is a very good documentary. And these are the things that, you know, we have to keep kind of reminding each other of uh, so that it doesn't get lost in, you know, the memory holes. Because they, you know, they just keep doing new crap, you know. Um, and it's so easy to forget. Um some of these things, but it, it's a push that's been going on for such a, such a long time. And again, I'm just so thankful to everyone here in this collective uh, community who works to push back against, you know, misinformation, disinformation, um, and to help to get um, people more civically engaged and informed and, and just become actively engage themselves in, in the um, civic process and the political process. I'm so um, proud of everyone in this community. So I just want to thank you. And I posed this question earlier. Uh, I want to put it out there again. I want to ask people what their thoughts were about the president's speech. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was timely. I thought he hit the right notes. <clears throat> and it was very needful. Um, is there anyone else that would like to tell me what they thought about it? Any highlights or key points that they wanted to make? I know um, Mark said, I saw on his timeline, it said it sounded, sounded like he's listening to Democracy First or our collective community. And it does, because a lot of the things that I'm noticing that actually with a lot of the candidates that are speaking and talking now, that they do, their voices sound more like our voices. So that's why, Maze, when you made the point that you made today, I hope that some of them are listening and I hope that they do understand that they can lean into things um, and address them. And I hope it also points to the fact that our voice matters. We matter and um, that people are listening. And if we continue speaking and amplifying our message and our voices, it will bubble up and the mainstream media will have no choice. <laughs> um, but to jump on it. But until then, you know, we'll lead and let them catch up. So Mark did come up. So I want to um, give him an opportunity um, to speak and invite anyone else up who is in the gallery to come join us in the conversation as well. So Mark, you have the floor. Thank you, Dee. And thank you, Eugene. Good afternoon, everybody. Just one real quick observation about last night's speech. Um, first of all, I didn't realize it was going to be on. And then I hurriedly was trying to find someone who was carrying it. And I remember back in the old days, <laughs> when we walked uphill both ways to school, uh, that when the president came on, they would preempt television shows. You know, no matter what it was, it was preempted and the president would, would be televised on national television. I don't understand why we're not seeing that other than, you know, the, the need for Danny space. But it just, it really struck me, uh, especially last night, because it was such an unprecedented speech uh, for him to give, I don't ever recall in my lifetime, a president coming on this close to an election and kind of saying, you know, this is where we're at, folks. So um, I hope everybody takes note. Like of our that. democracy is in danger, yeah. folks. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, and, and of course, the, you know, the Republicans 
rebuttal Lindsey Graham saying, yeah, but, you know, he didn't talk all that time. He was talking and he never talked about the security at the border. Like, you know, what the hell? So anyway, that's kind of my two cents for the day. Thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate that. Yeah, I didn't hear Lindsay's take, but I've heard some of the other more ridiculous ones. And this, again, is them just wanting to ignore the elephant in the room because they are it. You know, they're the ones who are destroying democracy. So, you know, they are not trying to have a conversation around that, but they will definitely gladly deflect uh, and, you know, try to make it about something else. And um, like I said, I I thought it was a great speech. I've been looking at some other speeches from presidents and things. And um, I've come across a few from JFK and one that, you know, people reference a, a lot, but maybe not understanding the full context of the speech. And this is the one his, where he says, Ich bin ein Berliner. And um, this was a speech that he had on a visit there to West Berlin, mind you. And the reason it was West Berlin is because um, East Berlin was held by the communists. It was split up after World War II in 1945. So when President Kennedy went there, it was already 18 years into this divide, um, this divided city. And, and I told you, I, I had co-workers that I worked with whose families were split um, because of this divide. And um, he talks about how there are many people in the world who really don't understand or say they don't know what the great issue is between the free world and the communist world. Let them come to Berlin. There are some who say, there are some who say that communism is the wave of the future. Let them come to Berlin. And there are some who say in Europe and elsewhere, we can work with communists. Let them come to Berlin. And there are even a few who say that it is true that communism is an evil system, but it permits us to make economic progress. Sound familiar? Let them come to Berlin. Freedom has many difficulties and democracy is not perfect, but we have never had to put a wall up to keep our people in to prevent them from leaving us. I want to say on behalf of my countrymen who live many miles away on the other side of the Atlantic, who are a far distance from you, that they take the greatest pride that they have been able to share with you, even from a distance, the story of the last 18 years. And I know of no town, no city that has been besieged for 18 years that still lives with the vitality and the force and the hope and the determination of the city of West Berlin. And this is why he said, Ich bin ein Berliner. And we're all, Berliners. And I just wanted, you know, to remind people of that, like, and that wall did not come down until 1989. So again, I say our democracy is at stake. The time for us to save it is now. Um, And um, 
I just want to give my co-host, who's been super quiet over there, an opportunity to chime in if he would like. Um, and oh, I've I, just been I've been listening. Not okay. much to say. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have been do doing a good job today. I, I've been really impressed. Mark, Mark really got me intrigued. I had to go run down a couple rabbit holes because of him, which, you know, thank you, Mark. Um but you know this thing about our court systems and and judges with uh, here's what I don't understand is the rest of the rest of that Supreme Court has to know something's up with with Clarence Thomas they have to I mean the, the, these people are pretty they work they work in really close conditions and like most most of them are friends right you know even you know we would hear these stories about the friendships that. Uh, uh, Ruth Boehner Ginsburg had that, you know, you're like, wow, really? Um, because they look at law as law, right? The law is the law. Um, but what we have is we have some court members on the Supreme Court and, and on some other benches um, that have decided that, you know, they don't want to participate in that law side of it. Well, it ruins the entire trust and the integrity of the court, regardless of what Robert says. And, you know, screw Roberts for telling me how to think and what I can feel. You know, he, I don't care Supreme Court or not. He can go pound sand. Anyways. Well, guess what? We've talked That was my enough. little rabbit hole. Hey, mm. See? Send me I... down a rabbit hole. Bring bring people like Mark in here. You mm -hmm. know? I, I did. I, I don't ever talk about my educational background, but I did go to law school. I don't have a, a, a I didn't go take my bar exam um, and I don't carry a, I don't have a lot. Yeah, I didn't take my bar exam. I got a degree, but it's different. Okay. Well, we do have Brother Khalil who has come up and I am oh! so excited to hear from him. So Khalil, how he are you? He came to save me. I, I was <laughs> walking down rabbit holes. Okay. <laughs> save him, Khalil. <laughs> Throw. Uh, just um, speak to us. We have missed you. We're so happy that you were able to have such a, you know, a wonderful uh, visit with your family, your daughter. Um, you shared some wonderful pictures with us and experiences. So I'm just so happy you had that experience and that you allowed us to share it with you that you were able to go there and, and return safely and happy to have you here with us today. So you have the floor. I am. I, make sure, can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Oh, great. Um, I am really happy to, to be back with you all. Um, I, I will be, be dishonest with me to say that uh, while I was away, I missed all of this. I didn't. Um, I was, it was, it's, you and had a full for, plate. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I was away for a while, so I was able to get immersed a bit, as much as you can, in two and a half weeks. Uh, get immersed in a culture, which um, was pretty pre preoccupying, especially since I don't speak Korean. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did enjoy um, just really, really, really enjoyed being able to spend the whole, all that time with my family, my two adult children, and uh, um, my uncle and my aunt came as well. And so it was really the trip of a lifetime. It really was. Uh, and so I'm, uh, you know, um, 
there was so much about it that defies description, to be honest. I'm having a, you know, people ask me how it was, and I, I kind of ramble on about it. I, you know, I was talking to, to Dawn and some others, and I was just, I just kind of ramble because there's so much about it that you, you really have a hard time trying to get put words to it. So, and so I'm still processing it in a very positive way. But I did miss the community. I missed uh, talking and learning and listening to you all. Because uh, 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 you guys have become such a part of um, how I look at the world and see the world and frankly, how I live day to day. So um, I am just so um, kind of happy to be with you all. Um, I am uh, still I, I'm really humbled by the kind of, uh, I don't know, the respect that, um, that I receive from folk uh, here. Um, I mean, I, you know, I'm an old head, I guess, but I'm also, it's still, uh, I've operated in enough circles where being an old head ain't enough. So, so when you when I come and, and, and I'm able to engage this community and really that's kind of ear hustle and learn from you all, it's just really special. It really is. And I was reminded of that when I came back. I mean, I'm still, I still got a little jet lag and I don't know why, but um, I guess again, because I'm old, but uh, it, you know, I was trying to use the, the spaces when I got back last week to kind of get me out of, push me through the jet lag, and it kind of didn't work. So, <laughs> so, but it's better now. I'm definitely better now than I was. Um, I'm just excited about moving forward. Um, I was out of it. Obviously, I'm still not caught up. Um, I only saw portions of the president's speech. Um, uh, I was trying to to listen for it, and I think that was one of the times when uh, when sleep kind of overwhelmed me. And I, because ordinarily right now it would be um, four thirty nine in the morning there, and I, I mean I'm I'm out of it. I should have. It shouldn't have taken me as long as it has. I just think I, early on it was just difficult for me to make a transition when I got home. Uh, so, um, but I can still feel it. I still feel the wave come on me like Ian Body is saying, you know, you can go to sleep now, you know. Um, and I'm sitting in a meeting or, you know, on Zoom and I, or something, and I know people catch me nodding because that's where I've been, kind of. So, so it's really great to hear um, the, you know, what's going on. I mean, I, I've, I've been watching, you know, the main culprits, you know, everybody from Fox to MS, MSNBC, just to get a grasp of what people were saying. Um, but nothing that they've said has dulled my enthusiasm. I really believe a lot of us have voted already. And I think that that's being discounted. 
I think the volatility of this of this this era in voting, you know, has is also being discounted, and it makes it unpredictable. And I think that um, they're using the some of the they're still using some of the old um, um, old approaches to polling and so on that really has you know discounted what's taken place um uh, i don't I, I think some of these so-called close races and if you listen to um you know you, you discount fox and being a truth teller at all but if you listen to even the other more moderate or liberal or whatever phrase anyone wants to use stations you you get this sense that this is um uh so close and and everything but i think that um i don't believe that uh i think we'll either either lose big or win uh relatively easily you know and i just don't think we'll lose big uh and i don't I don't think we're going to lose. I think, I think uh, Warnock will win. Um, I believe that Stacey did enough work in, uh, in, in Georgia. She put the infrastructure in place in Georgia after her last election uh, to do, she's done enough to overcome the systemic racism of Georgia. I think she will win. Um, uh, the question is whether there will be a, run, a runoff uh, in the Warnock uh, in the senator race. Um, and I think he could eke it out. I, I, I do. I think he could get that 50 plus one uh, to, to uh, avoid a runoff. Um, uh, I know people in Georgia have to be extremely fatigued uh, with the election. Over, over the past four years. But I'm very optimistic about it. I think New York, um, New York media is making that a, a race uh, than, than, more than a race than it is. I mean, we're sitting here talking about Zeldin winning in New York, which in my mind just uh, doesn't make sense. But I think the media has made that into a story. And, um, you know, People talk about the South being racist, but I'm telling you, and Carol can tell you, and others from New York here can tell you, you know, New York got some really nice, nasty. Uh, Long Island, um, you know, uh, I, I don't even want to get into it. So uh, I, I think that there's, I think she'll win, Coco will win fine. Um, I think, um, uh, Tim Ryan will win in Ohio. Uh, and uh, so I think these races are not as close. I think a lot of this is the drama that the media feels, you know, compelled to, to, to drum up. And um, the anxiety and anxiousness that I'm sensing when I listen in on these uh, spaces is really pretty telling. I mean, we're all pretty nervous. Um, Rightfully so. There's a lot at risk here, right? There's a lot at risk here. You know, if we don't, things don't turn out like we want them to, um, 
like we need them to, like this nation needs them to. We're going to be back to 19, pre-1965. And, and based on some of the pictures I saw on yesterday, some videos I saw uh, with these young black kids in blackface, uh, we're going back further than that. You know, um, young, not young white kids, I'm sorry, uh, for Halloween dressing up uh, in blackface. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's pretty clear that we've activated the worst in us, uh, the worst amongst us, uh, and we need to address all of that. So, um, I'm, 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 there is so much I, I really want to say. Uh, I just can't collect my thoughts as, I, as much as I'd like to um, right now, but I am, I just want to thank, um, and I didn't get a chance the other day to thank um, Yichi uh, and Tiff and um, for what I thought was a really great um, evening the other day. I'm not sure what day it was where we were just all kind of celebrating each other and the effort everybody is making um, to, to be part of the solution here and to move us forward. I am, I, I, I got pulled away from it, uh, but I really, really thought that kind of sums up where we are, that we are really a community working hard to be difference makers. Uh, and I'm just so proud to, to know you all, to work alongside you all, to be able to listen to you all and learn from you all, um, and when I can, share with you all. And it's, it's, that's where we are right now. Right now, we should be about encouraging and supporting. You know, I, there's no need for us to be arguing with, you know, people who we know are just here to do the three Ds, you know, deflect, you know, discourage, and uh, disinform. You know, there's no need for us to be involved in those conversations. You need to be focused on, if you're not, I'm going to be an election judge. I'll be, you know, working with voters all day on, on election day. If you got the time and the wherewithal and the gas money, I hope you'll go out and get make sure people get to the polls, uh, uh, encouraging your family and friends across the country, because this is not, it's, it's, it's a state. You know, I mean, obviously, um, a lot's at, 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 at risk in, in our states, individual states. But as many of you have said, uh, and Dee says so frequently and so well, this is about our democracy. This is about, you know, our lives as, as, as citizens. And, you know, I just love the, the speech, you know, you bringing up um, Ken, Kennedy's speech. Uh, you know, it it was nostalgic for me. I mean, I you know, I'm. Um, I knew you could it. relate. Yeah, yeah, it was real because it was such a a powerful moment, right, in history. And of course, growing up, it was often recited, you know, um, for me. And uh, some people like to compare. Um, Reagan's speech, you know, uh, when he tells Gorbachev tear down the wall to that. Um, and I guess to be fair, there's some comparison, but 
some, then, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, some, yeah. But but Johnson, when, when Kennedy says that, is at the height of the Cold War. Is actually the Cold War is hot, and and when he makes that comment, excuse me, when he makes that speech, it's powerful, and it just flies in the face of where we are right now. You know, um, uh, if you listen to those words again, and I encourage folks to go and listen to Kennedy actually say it and just to position yourself in that time. I will put it in the Jumbotron. I have a link to it and you can read the words and hear the audio. And I love listening to like meaningful speeches like this, you know, at different times. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of speeches that really come out when we talk about where we are right now. When Johnson addresses um, the, the, the Congress and 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 uh, where he is pushing the slate of uh, civil rights amendment. That was uh, the other the speech I was watching. Yeah. I was listening to. Yeah. It's so strange because that was the other one that I was going to reference, and I'll highlight maybe some of that one tomorrow. I just want people to know that, you know, like how far we've come, and the yes. danger that we have of going backwards, and and what that looks like. Um, you know, so that's why those speeches, both of those, it's so funny you mentioned that one because that was the first one I pulled up and then I found this, uh, that one. But I, I will give links to it. I appreciate it. You know, I, I, seeing the thing about, you know, you can be nostalgic about those, those speeches. And, and if you're, you're younger than we are, then you don't, you know, you're going you're gonna to have a different feeling about these bunch of old guys who are, you know, playing uh you know, who are state, statesmen of old. But what it is, is the contrast to what we see today and what we call, what goes for leadership today to what leadership was, what statesmanship was, you know. Um, and I encourage people all the time to, my students in particular, to, to listen to Johnson um, pushing the Civil Rights, the Voting Rights Act you know, in 64, 63, you know, um, trying to get the Senate to um, to approve it and talking to Southern Democrats and Midwest, Midwestern uh, uh, Republicans to to uh, pass the, the Voting Rights Act. And you hear him in his, in his really blunt way of addressing things. And as I said often, anybody that knows the stories about Johnson, he used the N-word as, you know, as much as a Klansman did. But it wasn't what he said, it's what he did, you know, and that man's responsible. Um, and and he willed his power with real authority. Uh, people forget that he was a majority leader. Uh, and uh, he understood how Congress worked, how to make a bill work, you know, how to get a bill through. And And so we have those civil rights acts are because of him. And of course, because of, you know, the many people uh, that come before him within our community that that stood there, you know, I mean, everybody talks about, of course, reminded of Dr. King, but the foundation for all of those things comes much earlier than Dr. King. Um, and uh, And we've talked about the architect of the civil rights, the legal civil rights strategy 
um, which he was uh, Professor Houston uh, out of out of um, Howard, uh, and along with Thurgood Marshall and Thompson Motley and and uh, and others, you know, and so and Kennedy yeah. he made a, a speech about that too to to yeah, Congress as well uh, um, to he get did. them to pass the legislation. He did, he did, and, and of course, you know, Kennedy unfortunately wasn't as committed to civil rights as his brother, Robert Kennedy, would have been an, an incredible president. Uh, and, uh, and he was untethered. So I really, you know, it's hard not to believe that that's why he's dead, that he was killed, that he was murdered. Um, uh, I just think that it, it, history is our way of recognizing where we are. You know, focusing, not focusing on the past, but recognizing the past, acknowledging it. It helps us to understand where we are and what the future brings. And I'm, I, you know, it's, you know, I love history because it's taught me so much about, you know, how to be, how to do my work effectively, how to be, how to recognize the world I was living in and what part I play in it. And, and and that I continue to play in it. And so, and I know it's boring to a lot of people, but they're saying that, you know, you know, the history does repeat itself, you know, is, is this true? And we're living that right now, right now. We have forces amongst us who, I mean, is there anybody more ignorant in leadership in this country than Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene. There isn't anyone. She knows nothing about history. But here she is in a position to wield real power going into the next Congress. I mean, real power. Who would give that woman the keys to a car, not to mention the keys to our Constitution, the keys to our, our, our venerable institutions? But that's where we are. You know, we had crazies in Congress forever, but now the fringe is now mainstream in one of our parties. And we really have to combat that. So, you know, this is, you know, as I often say, this is our history. This is our struggle. This is our story. And this is why we vote. This is why we vote. I don't know how much more passionate at this particular time, if you don't understand, if you don't understand where we are right now, if you believe we've been blowing smoke at you about what's in front of us, you know, what threats there are, then there's really nothing else we can say. And we frankly are at your mercy because if you go and pull the lever for, you know, these folks who are not extreme, they're not extreme, they're terrorists. They're people who want to, who have decided to ignore um, the ideals of this country to build um, uh, a right wing, right wing, either theocracy or, 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 uh, or I'm, you know, I'm not sure exactly what we would call what we're, where we are. Um, all I know is that they would be tyrants. And, 
and and we ought to be afraid, but you know, not, um, but not weary. You know, maybe I should say that we should be weary because there's a lot going on, and we've been fighting for a long time, but not afraid. We need to keep pushing. You know, there will be a November the ninth. After the eighth, there will be a November the ninth, and. No matter what happens, you will not be able to throw your hands up, uh, whether we are successful in getting what we need or whether we are not. The last thing you'll be able to do on November 9th is put, uh, throw your hands up. If, the, if, if, if things don't turn out like we need to, we'll need to be even more stout than we've ever been because we'll be on the verge. We'll be on the verge. So... I am so excited about what's in front of us. I believe we will do well. And I believe you all are indicative of that. You know, the, the, the way you all are showing up every day to be difference makers. Um, sure, we might be in a bit of a, of a, a silo here, but uh, I think we're, we're a good uh, example of what what good there is in this country and, and what differences we can make. And we've been challenged. We've been lazy. We've been lazy about our democracy and we've been challenged. And I believe we're rising to the occasion. And I'm just grateful for you all for the opportunity to sit back and just watch us rise to the occasion. And I'm thankful particularly to Eugene and he for really, in my opinion, I mean, others may feel differently, uh, or may think differently, I should say, but, you know, y'all have set the standard. Y'all have been doing this for almost a year, you know, and, you know, you've been, and all the rest of us have, have you know, used spaces and and so on, but I don't know if there's anybody who's done it with the consistency and the dedication and devotion that you all have, you know, to us as a community, and I am deeply grateful for that. I'm deeply grateful for people who show up in this gallery who I just, you know, I sometimes just run through the gallery to see who's here. And, 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 and I, you know, and I see these same faces, these same um, symbols of, of, of uh, faith that we, you know, that we're special here. And I believe we are. And so we're going to be special on the 8th. And we're going to be special thereafter, the ninth and forward. So, so I, you know, we're all going to need to take a break after the eighth, I believe. I expect that that's what will happen for many because we're so tired and exhausted by all of this. But we'll, 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 we can't give up, folks, regardless of the outcome. We can celebrate. But after that celebration, we learned anything from Obama's election is that we were all, ex you know, darn near comatose from the excitement of having, you know, Obama become president. Uh, but then we, then we took our foot off, off the gas, and we can't afford to do this now. We'll need to stay engaged and support each other and believe in what it is that we have to do, not just for ourselves, but more importantly for our children and our children's children, because that's what's at risk right now. So, Dee, thank you. Thank you, Eugene. Thank you, all of you, man, for giving me a place to, to come and sit and listen and learn and grow 
and I'm still growing even as I near my, you know, my seventh decade, I'm still growing. And that's because I'm in, I'm involved and engaged and around people such as you. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. I could be easily sitting in a big chair right now, melting away. Um, but instead I am sitting here talking to some folks who I would never have met under any other circumstances. I'm talking to people from all over the country and all over the world. What a gift. And, well, and, and I appreciate Eugene, you and you and Dee making that possible. So I'm done. Thank you, Dee. Thank you. Well, well, thank you. And thank you for uh, coming and sharing uh, with us. And you are part of what makes this space and the, our conversation so awesome. Um, and we're glad to have you here. Continue doing what you need to do to take care of yourself and reacclimate yourself to the changing time zone. Um, it is difficult. And the older we get, these things become more difficult. So I you can relate. <laughs> yes. Now. I swear. <laughs> I didn't think it would be this hard. But it, I swear. It, I mean, mm, I woke yes. Listen, I thought I had it. And then this morning, I woke up at 4.30 and I could not go to sleep. It was, I, you know, it was terrible. I mean, in the sense that I could not go back to sleep because um, it was only it was only five or four o'clock there in the afternoon, um, and I it took all my strength not to call my daughter or something, you know. Just it's just I'm amazed that it's taken me this long, but I, but I've been having problems like during the day, just keeping right. my eyes open and focusing. You know, that's hard. I mean, that's it the is. hardest and, thing is the focusing yeah. part. Right. And just be patient with yourself. You'll you'll ease back into it. Um, but um, it is a process. And I can definitely relate to how you're feeling right now. But we're so glad that you, you know, um, came in um, to share with us. <laughs> real, real quick, Khalil, I hop time zones a lot. Um traveling and one of the things i i, I do i don't like I, i'm not giving you medical advice i carry melatonin with me and when i get to a new time zone you know when that uh, sun goes down i take one of those things to reset my clock um i don't take them all the time it's just when i when i get to where i am to reset my clock to back where i'm at or or going somewhere i i use that and it's worked for me for years it, it was actually a um uh, a, a banker out of Israel that taught me that years ago. All I'm going right. to go get some. I'm going to get some today. I, right. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm going to get some today. It's natural, you know. There's no side effects to it. it they say don't use it all the time, um, but yeah. All right. So hopefully, um, you can uh, find you can utilize that tip and it will help you to complete the process. I have brought a few people, uh, other people up um, because um, I am able to stay a bit longer today and I love, you know, having this conversation with you guys. So um, I did uh, bring freedom up. I'm going to hear from him and uh, Dr. C because uh, Dr. C is going to be doing something that I think is very important needful and useful for us and I can't wait for him to tell us about it and Soul Sister and then uh, if no one else would like to come up I'm going to close us out but well, freedom quite the light up there line up there uh, yeah <laughs> uh, because I know you know like we 
we've been doing this at the same time. And I recognize that it is in the middle of people's work day a lot of times. And usually when we start to get into this part of the afternoon, um, people on, you know, the East Coast and other places are now easing out of work and they have more time to talk. So I'm thankful for, you know, people coming here and wanting to talk. So I want to always allow for that as much as I can, because, um, you know, for me, the more voices in the conversation, the more vibrant and dynamic the conversation is. I feel like we all learn and grow from one another. I have certainly seen that in the 11 months now that we've been doing this. And um, like Khalil, I, I consider myself a lifelong learner. I hope to continue learning and, until I'm, you know, they bury me. Um, just keeping those brain cells going and certainly um, being active in the process of um, saving our democracy. So thank you again. Um, we're going to go with Frida and then Dr. C and Soul Sister. Hey, Dee and everyone else out there. Uh, you know, wow. Um, and I appreciate you keeping the space open uh, just a little bit longer uh, just because I'm, I'm actually in the office trying to finish up a few things and I just hopped on. I'm, I'm generally in and out of the space when I have time. I've uh, just been extremely busy here lately, but wow, uh, Khalil just like nails so much stuff. I was just like, I don't even know where to begin, but I will say I do uh, definitely appreciate this space. D, Eugene, Shauna. I don't want to leave anybody else out, so <laughs> I won't try to name everybody. But I, uh, I, I too uh, have learned quite a bit uh, in these in these Twitter streets, and you know, I, just thinking about you know, you know the the apathy that I see with a lot of folks uh, as it relates to you know voting in this particular election. You know, even folks in my own family. Um, the, the entry point that I try to take with not only my family, but folks that, you know, I talk about voting is, you know, it's it's not so much what you're going to gain from voting as much as it is what's going to be taken from you if you don't vote. Right. Like the anchor is leaning into you are going to lose some stuff if you don't get your ass out here and get to those polls. Right. Like I live in an area where uh, there are quite a few interracial marriages and, <laughs> you know, I've I've shared with individuals. You do realize that that's on the chopping block, too. Right. Like like that. This mega Supreme Court that we have, they're coming for that relationship that you got with each other. And if you don't get yourself to the polls and do what's necessary you're talking about family structures being fractured. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about, you know, you just living your life and going on about your business and not realizing that your pockets are being picked by Christian nationalists. Uh, here in the state of Virginia, um, I, I feel like, you know, in Virginia, what saves a lot of the folks that that are ruby red in the rural areas like where I live is Northern Virginia. But in that last gubernatorial race, we have seen that getting close to DC, Governor Glenn Youngkin 
got real cozied up and and the teachers there and and those those family uh type groups you know that that are that are working their way into the school system you know they they are trying to take over and people are just not paying attention and that's really disheartening when i think about how uh, you know, I've, I've said this long time, like Governor Youngkin is like, you know, he wants to be president. <laughs> you know, he, anytime he leaves Virginia, he goes stomping into other states for other folks that are trying to win races. He is simply building his resume. And what I have tried to share with many of the folks that I know is that don't go to sleep because, you know, you think things are all gravy right now, because as soon as you start doing that, we start slipping back into old patterns. You know, we were all excited, you know, and running to the polls in 2020. And if we if we if we're not very careful, uh, we could lose it all. Um, I am like terrified uh, about what's going to happen next week. But kind of like what Khalil said, you know, and I've said the same thing. November 9th is coming. It's coming. And, you know, we still going to be building community. We still going to be doing what we do. Uh, I am I am grateful that I'm sure that this space will still be open because I, I always say, like, unless you plan on leaving this country, you better stay here and fight. We still got a whole lot of work to do. There's a whole lot of things that we still want to get accomplished. No matter who's in power, we still got to fight to live another day. And I, I, I feel very confident uh, just, just by the people who are in this space and many others that I know who constantly speak life, you know, into me when I get a little bit discouraged and you keep, you know, hearing people just kind of poo-pooing on, you know, the, the, the baseline effort which is voting like at like at a minimum that's what you do you know i've always approached voting like you go you go vote but then you got to get your ass back out here and get to work and do some other things you know we're gonna be we're gonna be working the polls on election day uh i got a few homeboys who are gonna be poll watchers um we've got vehicles lined up to take people to the polls uh a lot of our elderly folks trying to make sure everybody's taken care of because that's what it is. It's about building community. And regardless of who is in office, you know, it's kind of like, you know, in our own little sphere of influence right here in Virginia, uh, even, even though it's ruby red, we got some folks here who are, you know, about, democ about democracy, protecting it and staying focused and remembering that you know, there will be, as Khalil said again, it's going to be a November 9th. We got to we got to stay committed and we got to stay focused. And so just I just really thank you all so much. I, I really do. I appreciate what you add to me. Um, I can't say that enough. And even though I'm not always able to dip in, uh, you know, when I do, I'm always I'm always learning something new. And I certainly do appreciate that. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. Love you. Well, thank you, and thank you for all the work um, that you do. And as I said, I know that the time that we have it, not everyone is able to, you know, come in and, you know, actively participate and sometimes even listen. But, you know, it is recorded, and I do know, and I've been told that many of you um, listen 
to it when you uh, can't make it and you share it with others. And I thank you for that. Um, it matters because, you know, what you said is so true. The real work um, continues after November 8th. This is the task at hand, the current task at hand, just to keep us from going off the cliff. But the real work begins November 9th because the crazy is going to get stirred to the nth degree and um, their initiatives are not going to stop um, no matter what, you know, the outcome of that election is. They have one goal and that is to get in power and retain power and they will not stop. Um, so we can't stop. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. When they that. tell you, if I get elected, a Democrat will never win in this state again, believe them. That is so uh, true. It Absolutely. is. Uh, yeah. Um, so thank you so much. Um, Dr. C is up next and then Soul Sister. Hi, SD. Thanks for inviting me up. What's up, Eugene? Uh, hope y'all are doing well this evening. Listen, so um, Khalil really hit a lot of uh, of the points, a lot of the, the thoughts that I was having earlier this week with regards to uh, all the work that you all have done, Miss D uh, and Eugene, and also with regards to all the work that the people who are in this space have done and are currently doing that I've done myself. And uh, what was it? What's today? Uh, Thursday? I found myself just uh, Tuesday just really tense for no reason, right? I I've been bouncing in and out of spaces, listening to people. And I was like, man, this I was like, so I had to take a step back. And I was just reminding myself that uh, I need to take care of myself. Um, and that no matter what happens next Tuesday, um, that we're going to be all right, Right. Uh, I really do believe that. I, I don't just believe it. I know it because the lineage in my family went through a whole lot worse. And yet I'm still here right now speaking to you all this uh, this afternoon. Um, I draw from those qualities, from those traits, uh, from those uh, from that heart that allowed them to uh, make it to where that I could come into existence. I was watching. Uh, I finished up and I've been tweeting about this, the, um, uh, what, what is it? The U.S. and the Holocaust. And, you know, I'm a history buff. And so I'm hearing these dates being thrown out and I'm placing my family members and where they were living and what they were doing and what they must have been going through living in the United States during certain years where uh, Nazi Germany was coming to rise um, in many ways, because of and um, in spite of the United States. And, you know, I was like, they made it through that, you know, they, they made it through that. And so it reminded me to, to reach out to y'all because y'all are family, just like Khalil said, there's no other circumstances that we would all be here together, getting to know one another and things of that nature. And because I've come to value uh, the relationships. I say, well, let me just remind the family to take care of themselves, right? And y'all, when I tell you, as soon as I I went uh, or allowed myself to step into that piece of energy, Janet Jackson liked my tweet. 
last night, and I have been hopping 12-foot fences, climbing trees, and singing it all freaking day. <laughs> well, you go, Dr. C. That is awesome, awesome, awesome. I will stand for Janet. And so, yes. Uh, but it's it's so good, and I'm so glad that you recognize the need. <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, there ain't nothing nobody could do or say to me right now at this point. And so I'm going to bring that energy into a space tonight at 8 o'clock where we're going to talk about self-care uh, and the fact that we're going to be all right leading up to November 8th and after November 8th. Uh, because we recognize the uh, the shoulders that we've stood on that have allowed us to be here today. So I, I, I appreciate you allowing me to come in and plug that space. I hope that some of you all get a chance to chime in and, and uh, participate and talk about some of the ways that you are currently taking care of yourself and will continue to take care of yourself come November 9th. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you. And we yeah, appreciate say- you for speaking to that and, and holding the space for us to be able to speak to this, because this is the kind of work that is going to need to continue for us as a community, because the struggle is not over. You know, it is long. So thank you for helping remind us of the need for self-care and giving us a space to talk about how we do that. And um, go ahead, Eugene. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. I, I, I just wanted to say I, I love that positive attitude. I, you know, I, I look at like since D and I started this, I went to like their spaces and stuff and, and, you know, just to sniff around and see what's going on. And, you know, I've been checking in with some of the other uh, how, how they're they're campaigning and, 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 and stuff. And I got to say, like these people did not prepare. Right. Like the only thing that they had was to attack what Democrats were doing in these spaces. There was no planning in there. And what I saw out of this group and several others um, and on other media sites that were actually doing footwork to to get you know good Americans elected, and that that I think is going to have a huge effect on this election. I think all of you are going to have a far larger effect than than we may even realize on this election. That is my prayer, and that is my hope. I just want to jump in and say that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And so up next, we have Soul Sister. I, I do feel very hopeful and, and positive about um, the outcome for us um, as Democrats, as um, a country, for democracy. Um, but um, it's not going to you know, be without, I'm sure, some disappointments. And even with the wins, like there's going to be chaos that ensues because um, they have told us this. They have implemented plans and strategies uh, because their only goal is to hold power by any means necessary for them at this point. It is a scorched earth, zero-sum game for them. So um, thank you for that. And um, I'm going to go to Soul Sister next, and I'm going to start to close out. Thank you so much for giving me the chance to speak uh, and thank you both for uh, hosting this space and everyone who's here listening and getting uh, energized and educated right along with me. Uh, it's always a, a great experience in here and it's always a great space. Um, today, I just really wanted to uh, congratulate 
and give flowers to Mrs. Martine because what she was able to accomplish with um, the magazine publication that she did for Coach Cam's campaign is phenomenal. It, and it really is. I mean, it's a, it's like a work of art and it's uh, it's beautifully done. It's informative. It's very professional. And, you know, there's so much talent in this group. So when you see it, you have to give accolades to it because uh, you, you, you just want people to understand that we appreciate everything that they're doing out there. And so I just wanted to um, take the opportunity to say that. And I know there are many people, so many people in this group are, are doing things that never even take the mic and come up and, and, and let us know how they're helping out. And I want to say thank you to them as well. And, and for everyone who we know and acknowledge um, every day, I'm going to say thank you again, because I do think it's made a difference this year. Um, in this election cycle, I, I, no one can tell me any different. I have no proof of it, but I'm telling you, I just feel it. I really do. And um, I appreciate the fact that I was able to be here with this collective as well, because it got me involved in a different way. I've always been active, but this was totally, this was different because I could still give of myself uh, with, with with the limitations that I am now living in. And so I, I appreciate it. And it's really phenomenal um, what people are doing, what people can do, um, and, and, and what has been accomplished. These spaces have not just been about information. It's also been about encouragement and, uh, you know, keeping everyone sane during a time when it's not necessarily easy. Um, you know, uh, you can get bogged down and you can get tired. And so uh, Dr. Dr. A's uh, space this evening, uh, I really look forward to that because, um, you know, some people in order to self-care, they, they, they do more, but I know that there's more than just that way. So it'll be interesting to hear that. Um, um, I got homework for Danny from Danny and uh Dawn. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and I gotta when, get on that. But right. I <laughs> it, yeah. And when I it's funny that you should say that that like that's how some people resolve their, their stress and anxiety. Yeah. By doing more. When I was really, really involved at the local level in our politics, that truly was the attitude. It was like if you wanted something done, give it to someone who is super busy. Right. They met <laughs> like give it to a busy person. For yes. whatever reason, they just throw it in the mix and they get it right, done. Right, <laughs> right. It's just like add it on top, no big deal, you know, and knock it down. So I, yeah, I just wanted to say that. And um, as always, looking this- at you, Tip, and I uh, would be Shauna if she wasn't. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you guys talking about Shauna? Right, <laughs> and and Tip and Shauna and Tip the- and. Yeah, I, I know Marcos is out there working and right. Price, you know, there's a million, not a million, because there's not a million in here. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody exactly. is in here doing, doing something, being active in some way, even if it's just giving that listening ear uh, to take information back to people who need it, even if it's, uh, you know, just one or two people, because those one or two people tell one or two other people, and there you go. So we we need it all. But I did want to make sure that I, I, I gave. Uh, 
some applause to Ms. Martine. So well, thank, thank you. you so much because I saw that and I thought that was great work and I was glad it came from anyone in this community. But Absolutely. to know that it came from her, thank you for calling that out because she has so graciously offered her help. And that is what I find most amazing is yes. that most of the people in here offer their skills in that way. Yeah, and and there's some truly talented folks. I have been blown away. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate yeah. you guys so very much. And thank you. And, and I don't see Miss Martine, but I know she's she's frequently here and I will definitely um, give her her props. Great job. And um, thank you for uh, mentioning that. Oh, I just wanted to say too that I voted yesterday and um, it's, I, it's only the second time that I've voted early, um, like actually gone in and voted early. I have done an absentee ballot once, but other than that, I've always waited until the day, but um, I just, it wasn't pressure. It was just the fact that uh, you know what? I didn't want any shenanigans. And I did. And I was like, if the opportunity is there, go ahead. And you know what? I've encouraged uh, two of my best friends, several family members, and um, have been giving them information. And I know several voted yesterday as well. So it must have just been the day to vote uh, here in my area. So uh, we're doing it. We are well, doing thank it. Thank you. I'm trying to decide. I have plans to do it today. But um, if you are late to the space and you haven't seen my timeline there are so many shenanigans oh, going yes. on here yes. with the uh, I'm just I'm scared I don't know I don't know I, I know yeah. I'm going to vote but the fact that they have literally let people vote in incorrect precincts and they're okay with just leaving it like that and not trying to fix it um, and having to have a special meeting called um, and having them called on the carpet and the Dems probably having to do a special investigation because it is a Republican who is in charge of this um, precinct, uh, the Election Commission, and of course our state uh, Secretary of State is a Republican. And they have no intention or desire to address it. Yeah. And and that's so disturbing. And, and I just I don't know. Like I said, I'm 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 just going to let the Lord lead me, be, lead me because I, I'll either, you know, I'll vote tonight or it'll be Election Day. But I will be voting because you know, they'll have to carry me on a stretcher on Election Day. I will be voting. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so important. Right. Now. I don't leave anything up to chance. You know, Absolutely. so that's why I wanted to do it early and I like you uh, it used to be kind of a family thing with us like we would plan when we were going to go even if it was early voting with something my mom you know my my children if they were around other family members we did yeah. um, together and my grandmother who you know she um, was the wife of a sharecropper she lived through those um, Jim Crow laws and um, um, understood um, that um, black people didn't always have the right to vote. And I think some in her generation um, were kind of afraid and they yeah. just didn't exercise it. Um, but I was able to encourage her to exercise that right for the first time in her life to cast a vote for President Barack Obama. That's so, amazing. Yes. <laughs> Um, and I, yeah. I shatter to think now what, you know, what 
we had to do to get her registered and her vote counted then. Like now, if I had to deal with that, they probably, you know, my poor grandmother probably wouldn't want to or they would make it so difficult. She would just say, nah, nah, that's OK. Right. You know, she she hear about people being intimidated, people watching, you know, polling places, people with weapons. She, my grandmother, would, she's a pragmatic, God fearing lady. And she's Absolutely. like, and no, right. I'm not going to be going out in all of that. Right. But it's like, OK, I'm going to vote for you granny (laughs) right right no I understand that as well I I do and it's a shame and I hope that that uh gets resolved and how you know they're doing everything to steal and discount uh, the black vote because they know that it matters and and so because we know that we vote harder that's all. That's all exactly. we can do. And we're motivated. We yes. are motivated by saving our democracy. And yes. they know this. So this is, again, why all of um, the shenanigans are coming out, because this is their last ditch effort. Um, you know, and, and if they seize the, the reins of power, they will not let go. Um, and we have to be very fierce um, in our determination to not allow that to happen, because you know, just look at everything that they've done thus far. You know, when they they um, had um, the the three levels of government. You know, when they um, you know yeah. what they did, um, and now that they stacked the the court, um, the first things and and measures that they pushed through. I mean, they were actually going to try to push through the overturning of the election. You know, right. but but there were. Uh, enough people at the right time in the right places to stop that from happening. But what is happening now with this election is that they're making sure that some of those stop gaps that were there before are gone. Are gone. Right. <laughs> you know, they're putting people in place who are literally election deniers, who um, some even say we are not a democracy. Okay. Yeah. Because that's uh, so, not what they want anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And um, always lovely to have you in the conversation. I know like the most, uh, the rest of us, you have in real life stuff going on, but I'm always happy to see you down there listening. But anytime you can come up and share um, in the conversation, um, I love it. So thank you for doing that today. And uh, next we're going to go to Kevin and then Tiff. Oh, so I, I actually was able to get in here again before you guys were jumping out of here, but uh, I didn't see it in the Jumbotron, so uh, Letitia James, she got it. She got the uh, court to uh, approve a monitor to oversee the Trump organization during that civil suit, so we'll see. I'm sure he's going to appeal it, of course, but we'll see how long that lasts, but uh as a follow-up to that, I'm sure that somebody's brought it up already, but that lawsuit that uh, he filed against her is just—it's ridiculous. If anybody's taking the time to read it, well, we don't even have to. But I appreciate that because you know, if he did it, it is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so it's so insane. I mean, it, it, you know, the 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 stuff that his people throw at the wall. That clearly, they've run out of ketchup, and they're moving on to spaghetti now. It just it 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 just keeps getting you know more and more bizarre. I mean, it, 
his attorneys just clearly have no moral conscience and they or they just don't give a damn. Both can be true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a good way of putting it. Both could be true. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so yeah, I mean that was that, and uh, I, I'm I'm really encouraged by everything I'm reading about um, the youth vote and where it was in the last midterm versus this midterm, uh, and where it was in the last election with the presidential. Uh, it 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 really bodes well for a good. Uh, result on uh, election day uh so i'm really jazzed about that so um yeah it's 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 it, it looks good i'm just i'm not going to get excited yet but I'm, I'm i'm feeling pretty optimistic all right well that's good and like i said i feel very optimistic um for us for Democrats, for democracy, and I am not going to be tuning in to any mainstream media naysayers to bring me down. They can't. (laughs) All right. So um, up next, glad you uh, were able to come in again um, uh, today uh, toward the end, Kevin, and appreciate you coming in. Like I said, I know you're working, but you always try to come in, listen, chime in when you can, and I would thank you for that. I'm surprised so, uh, Marco hasn't popped up. I know Marco, but Marco <laughs> is busy sometimes. Marco, yeah, was fishing Marco, today at all? Oh, he's yeah, he's down there, but yeah, Marco is out there working. Okay, he's doing the work, so I, I'm not gonna you know bash to Marco. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So up next, we've got Tiff, and and since you called Marco, he he may come. But Tiff, go ahead. You have the floor. Glad you could join us today. I hope you have had a great day thus far. Well, it's definitely better than yesterday, Ms. Hey, can I can I can I can I jump in real quick? I don't uh, I don't know if it, are you going to talk about Letitia James at all at all? Me, no. Okay, so this is just breaking. Um, they, she just won. Donald Trump lost. Um, the judge said he will appoint a monitor over Trump Oregon connection with the New York State's AG two hundred and fifty million dollar fraud lawsuit. So <laughs> All right, yeah, that's what that's what Kevin just told us. Yeah. So appreciate Oh, that. I didn't realize that's what Kevin was talking about. Yeah. He was asleep at the wheel. That's what I know. Kevin, I don't know what he's you. doing there sometimes. So anyway, he, but thank you. <laughs> So thanks, uh, Tip. <laughs> You're next. I did finish my bid, though, Kevin. <laughs> Your what? Well, I was working on a bid um, for one of my jobs. Uh, hopefully, you didn't confuse the bid for your taco. Yeah, yeah well, it's not too well, soon. It's a high-fiber diet either way. All right. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Um, really quickly, (laughs) really quick, I don't have much today, just ignore all of these doomers and people who are getting on my last nerve. They just, they think they know everything, but they seem to Who do we need to beat up, Tiff? Tell us. Everybody. (laughs) I don't know. Let me see. John Ralston with his dooming self in Nevada. Um, we also have just people just on the timeline crying about the most stupid stuff like Tim Ryan this morning on CNN who cares I don't care what Tim Ryan says at this point to win he could literally say boo and I would be like good job just win I don't care 
what he has to say. He's a, okay. Let's let's be clear. Tim Ryan is a bullshit artist, and when I say that, I I mean that in the nicest way possible. He is gonna bullshit his way to a win. So he's gonna say whatever the hell he needs to say to get independence to vote for him. So if that means that he's gonna say that he doesn't need money from DNC, let's be real. Tim Ryan, Tim Ryan's been getting money from all kinds of places, the DSCC, the Victory Fund, all kinds of places. So maybe- and if they gave him some, he would take it. Exactly. And he's low key. I mean, the, the, let's be clear. DNC doesn't give candidates money directly so he can say whatever the hell he wants on TV. People don't even understand how how funding mechanisms work to even be like, oh, yeah, well, the Democratic National Party, he literally, he just literally said the Democratic National Party. That doesn't even mean anything to me. He's just talking to talk. He's just saying whatever he needs to say to win. So ignore him. Just ignore him. He is. Let him do his thing in, in Ohio. We, we need him to win. Yeah, and I don't he, care what he, he says. Yeah, and I think that he understands his constituents, so he's doing what he needs to do. Yeah, people to... people want him to be like, but put it like this. I will say this in the nicest way. Whatever people think that John Fetterman is, is actually what Tim Ryan is. Like, he is actually one of those, like, free thinking, you know, I'm going to do my own thing kind of people that, and he actually was in Congress. So he understands the job. He doesn't just, you know, he, he knows what he's doing low key. And I wish that other people would understand what he's doing. We don't understand Ohio. We don't speak Ohio because we don't live in Ohio. Black people in Ohio understand what he's doing. White people understand. Democrats understand. He needs to just get those people that are kind of on the fence and know that J.D. Vance is a little bit too much extreme for their taste and like. So he's trying to kind of court them with his rhetoric. And he's doing a pretty good job of it. So he, I think, I do still think that he's going to win by 1%. I could be totally wrong. I'm not, in the, I'm, I like, I like doing predictions, but I think, I think he has something there. I mean, there is another Democrat there. There's Sherrod Brown, right? So it is a possibility that he could win. We just haven't seen a Democrat win other than Sherrod in, in a really long time in Ohio. So he knows what he's doing. Let him do him. Um, in other states, you know, it is what it is. Sherry Beasley and and Ted Budd are running neck and neck. Like it is going to come down to independence, but North Carolina early voting has been pretty good. So we will see what happens in that race. I do think Fetterman is going to win. Um, you know, I can't stand him, but I do, th- I do still think that he's going to um, get over the finish line. It's going to be close. There's a lot of people that voted by mail. So, you know, they can't open those ballots until the day, the day of the election. So we're not going to get probably results for a little while especially if it's kind of close so just don't don't listen to the to the media you know they they're just out of control at this point so i like i said i'm just ignoring everybody there's five and a half more days at this point to go and or four and a half more days to go at this point and we will see what hap what what happens I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. All of these reporters and journalists and predictors and pollsters and, you know, fake Twitter analysis people, including myself, have no clue what's going to happen. Like, we're just, we're all on pins and needles and anxiety is way up. I actually don't have any anxiety about this. I have no idea what's going to happen. And like Dr. Um, A said, Dr. C, whatever he's going by these days, um, we will see what happens 
in the next couple of days. We've done everything that we could to this point and we will figure it out, you know, as we go along. We will we will survive no matter what happens. We our democracy will be at risk and we will we will we still have to live in this world. No matter what happens, we still have to keep pushing. So um, it's not it's not the end of the world if we don't win, but it would be nice to be able to win so that we can keep the freedoms that we are, you know, accustomed to and that we deserve to have in this country and hopefully get some more um, out of it. But only time will tell. So don't fret over it. Don't don't stress yourself out. We can't control other people's votes and what they do and what they think. And it has to all come together, right? The House is a really difficult thing. You have to have, there's 435 seats and you have to win a specific amount, a number of them in order to maintain power. And some of the seats that we think are going to, are going to win, that we're going to win are going to win. And some of the seats that people think we will would have never won. I promise you, there's going to be surprises of people that are going to win that people are going to be like, wow, I cannot believe that, um, Hold on. Okay, sorry. I'm at the doctor. I'm trying to trying to go in. Um, they just text me. So yeah, just 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 paying people no mind. Um, I'll end there because I gotta go in the doctor. But thank you all for for listening to me rant and rave today because I'm just over everybody. Thank you, Tiff, and we appreciate it. And hope all is going well. And glad you're feeling better than you did um, yesterday. We know you understand what we have to do, what's at stake. So I appreciate that and love it when you can come in here and just um, share with us, whether that's, um, you know, information about polls um, or um, certain races and and things. And I'm glad that you brought the Tim Ryan thing up because I, I did mention that to Eugene today and you said it so beautifully because <laughs> that was pretty much what I said to him. It's like he knows what he's doing. Okay. And let him do what he needs to do to win. And that's what we need him to do. So thank you so much. And thank you for all the work that you're doing to help so many candidates and everything. Um, and the role that you you play here in this community. We appreciate you. So um, if there is no one else, I'm going to give it to my co-host. And then I'm going to uh, give us some um, give you some closing thoughts. Are you there, Eugene? Yeah, I'm sorry. I just said, like, <laughs> it, it was all a timing thing. <laughs> this seems to happen more often than not. Um, yeah, so I, I I, actually, like, I feel like, you know, America put in its work um, on the democracy side of trying to get messaging out. You know, each one of us can only individually do what we can do. And as a community, we can do what we can do. And I feel like, like every effort was put forward man. you know, I, I saw people getting off work and, you know, even at work, you know, doing stuff to try to, you know, help move these candidates forward. And I, and I, I think tips, right. I think that there's going to be some surprises out of this, um, you know, and I, I'm going to claim that any candidate that just got over the hump, you know, uh, by a little bit, it was because of you all that got them over that hump. I, I, I thought about this a lot, like, you know, um, the last, 
elections that, that that we've had of like watching what people do and like you know are they really moving the needle on that you know um and i really think that this community has moved the needle whether it was enough or not we won't know right there's no way to know and no poll can tell you and they can scare all they want to what they're trying to do is move the needle on those last minute voters right um especially when you're dealing with races that are close it, it, it's all a game. But here's the thing is what, what I am seeing is because of groups like this and, and, and others, America is becoming a lot more educated about how our government works and how our vote, voting process works than they were before Trump took office. I think it has been a major – sorry, my phone went off there. I, I think that it's been a major, major um, effect. Anyways. Khalil, it was really good to hear you speak today, brother. Uh, you too, Dr. C. <laughs> you skipped B there. <laughs> um, really get, great to see you, brothers. Um, and everybody else, Graham, and, you know, just everybody. It's um, it, vo voices of reason and, and wisdom are important in these times. And, like, you know, yes, take take – take some time for your, your mental health. And, you know, I, I always say, you know, like sometimes you just need to take yourself on a date, right? Like go, go have a bubble bath or something, whatever, you know, float your boat. Um, but like, sometimes you just gotta like, make sure to take care of yourself. Cause these are, and it, it's not over. And like they said, even, even if it's a blowout win, we still like this isn't over, folks. I mean, the, these people are serious. They said, you know, I, I just put out a video and it. At the end of the video, um, th they're holding a sign as they're breaking into our capital that says never surrender. And like there's a bunch of these fools that just they're they're hell bent on finishing this thing out. And it's not happening. We're not going to become a fascist country. We're just not. I, I just I, I don't I just I really believe that there is a more of us Americans that believe in democracy than there are those that want a fascist neo-Christian, whatever their formula is. Anyways, D, it's always an honor to be your co-host and I'm, I'm grateful to walk this journey. All right. Well, thank you. Um, once again for, um, now, who is this at the late moment? I'm going to let her up because she's here. She she obviously has something she wants to say. Sweet Pea um, has come up, and then I'm going to close this out. Sweet Pea? I, I'm, are you I know. I'm sorry, and I'll be quick. It's okay. I just looked up early voting totals for Virginia so far. As of yesterday, we have doubled. We have more than doubled our voting totals in 2018, which we all know was the vote of all those women in the pink pussy hats. So I, I, I wanted to share that and uh, as encouragement to leave you with today. Thank you so much. Just please take a look, guys. We've got this. Thank you. And, and just because we know we have it, it doesn't mean anyone can set out. We, we've got it because we have your vote and we need you to get uh, about five to ten other people and more if you can. To hey, make your make, make, make your statement in numbers. What? 
in numbers too big, what? too big to ignore, too big to be rigged. So, yeah. All right. So, guys, I want to thank you. And that is encouraging, Sweet Pea. And I'm glad we were able to, you were able to share that with us before we closed out today. So I did share with you um, this, the uh, I'm Berliner uh, speech uh, from uh, President Kennedy. And I often read these words from um, Martin Neumoller. And so I'm going to read them again today, along with the, the words that I usually close with from Representative John Lewis. And Martin Neumoller was a prominent Luther, Lutheran pastor in Germany in the 1920s and early 1930s. He sympathized with many Nazi ideas and supported radically right-wing political movements. But after Adolf Hitler came to power in 1933, Neumüller became an outspoken critic of Hitler's interference in the Protestant church. He spent the last eight years of Nazi rule from 1937 to 1945 in Nazi prisons and concentration camps. Neumüller is perhaps best remembered for his post-war statement, first they came for the socialists. And, you know, the the quote, first they came for, continues to be used today in a lot of popular culture and public discourse. Um, and um, it's been adapted to reflect current social issues and, and debates across the world. And that's why I use it here in this space, because it's true. Um, it, you know, just uh, expresses his belief that Germans have been complicit through their silence in the Nazi imprisonment persecution, and murder of millions of people. He felt this to be especially true of the leaders of the Protestant churches, which were made up of Lutheran, Reformed, and United traditions. So I, I read this because I feel like there are some people um, who want to be complicit here, um, only to find out that they will be next. They will not be safe. And I just like to remind people of that and um, this quote. First, they came for the socialist and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionist and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. And we can substitute the words that he has used, the, the socialists, the trade unionists, um, Jews with many other um, demographics today. Um, you know, the gay people, the uh, women's uh, rights, um, you know, African-Americans, we can just substitute it. Just know that eventually in an authoritarian state, um, you will be on the menu, okay? Um, and that essentially is what that quote is basically saying that a lot of people don't recognize. Um, and um, he wrote it to help remind people not to do it, not to be complicit, to be aware of what's happening, to speak out early um, while you can. And that's why we gather here in this space and the many other spaces that we have. And it's also a reminder um, Carla and Shauna are having their um, um, political space tonight covering 
uh, Wisconsin. Uh, they're down in the W's. They're almost finished, she told me. Uh, Wisconsin and um, Wyoming. So, and that starts at 6 p.m. So if you have an opportunity, uh, if you know any folks uh, in that area, drag them in there, talk about it. It's so good that they have been able to do this state by state and just drilling down on the candidates and the issues that are going on in that state. So my hat's off to them. We look forward to Dr. C's space to help us um, to cope with the situation at hand and to understand the importance of self-care and all of this. And then I'm going to leave you with these final words from the late great representative John Lewis. Do not get lost in a sea of despair. Be hopeful. Be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. So I want to thank you guys for coming here every day, Monday through Friday, getting in good trouble with Eugene and I at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be back tomorrow, same time. We invite you back and hope that you will come. And um, it doesn't matter whether you're here for a short time, the whole time, whether you speak or you're listening, it's important to us. It matters. And I just want to thank you because I know that you're going to leave here and you will be continuing to make noise, good trouble, doing what is necessary to accomplish the goal of saving our democracy. So I just want to thank you guys and leave you with peace and blessings and say, keep making noise and good trouble. Hope to see you back here tomorrow or in um, some of the spaces that are happening in these Twitter streets. So take care, guys. Um, see you back here tomorrow. And share and retweet the space for those who was, weren't able to attend today. Thank you.